Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fake Nerds Watch. This is Fake Nerds Watch for Doctor Who. This is our second special uh, as we go through the final David Tennant material and the uh, entire Matt Smith run of Doctor Who. Uh, I'm Brandon C. McClure, and joining me on this journey through the time vortex is Sparks Witty, who just there. muted himself. That's true. Yes, I'm here also. And Xander Hake. I was a companion, but the episode got lost. Oh, that's terrible. That's terribly <laughs> sad. Um, I, we're, I did just, I did just uh, catch at the beginning of your lower deck stuff of Brandon forgetting you'd ever been on Fake Nerds Watch before. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did entirely just whoop, forgot about that. Um, but we're 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 not we're we're here to talk about very excitedly uh, here to talk about uh, Doctor Who. So we're going to talk about the beginning. Oh, sorry, the end of the Tenant era, uh, and then all of the Matt Smith era. Um, so um, yeah, let's just wh why don't we just get right into it? Um, once again, these are just kind of our general thoughts going through it. But we'll start with the Tenant stuff because mm -hmm. um, you know start at the beginning. Uh, where do where do you guys let's start with the next Doctor? Yeah, did everyone uh, did everyone else forget that there was like a giant mech, like Godzilla type Cyberman? Yeah, that just exists. Yes. I forgot that was the, a thing. The Cyber King. I I saw a picture of it. And I was like, oh yeah, that did happen. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot all about that. I forgot about the Cyber Shade. I forgot about everything. Oh, cyber shade. Yeah, the next doctor is a weird one. We were talking about it before we uh, started recording. That um, it is in this kind of like special era era where it was just they were just doing David Tennant specials to wrap up his era, um, and uh, it for some reason gets lost in that conversation. Um, and it's not a bad episode. I kind of like it. Um, I don't. But it's definitely—I don't think anyone talks about the next Doctor as like, "Boy, howdy, that was a really good episode of Doctor Who." Yeah, I think it just gets overshadowed by the other Christmas specials, and yeah, then the other Ten and Farewell specials, yeah, which most people don't think it's part of. Which I'd even argue that it isn't. Yeah, I, I, I do, I do remember. No not know because Matt Smith hadn't been cast by the time the episode had aired. Uh, um, we wouldn't know he was going to be the next doctor. And so we thought there was a good chunk of people who were like, this is how we're introduced to the next doctor. Yeah. This is who that's going to be. Uh, and they fooled me for a moment, honestly. Yeah. It was interesting. Cause like everybody thinks it's going to be the first, Oh, two doctors at the same time story. And it's the next doctor. Um, mm. But it's very much not. <laughs> It's very much not no. that. It also um, comes at an interesting time because David Morrissey, who who plays the Jackson Lake, who thinks he's the 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 doctor, um, was like just just I think around this time about to hit his uh fame for The Walking Dead or or not too far along. Yeah, mm. I think so too. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, is he was going to what weird. Um, was interest what was interesting about that is that David Morrissey 
was in an episode was in so he was the star of a series that i stupidly love which is called blackpool um and david Tennant was in that series as well so it was kind of a blackpool re- reunion episode in a way i thought that was kind of fun um but i looked it up my ears are way off more so you wouldn't prefer, hit the walking dead for a little I while i think you're right sparks Oh, interesting. Um, just a heads up, my internet's acting up, acting up for some reason. So if I have any trouble, uh, you know, pick up the slack. Um, you're you're a little robotic, but I but do want to talk like about it, it, it. Plays really into the Cybermen thing. Am I really that bad? <laughs> <laughs> it comes in waves. The the next Doctor is fun and all, but I want to talk about Planet of the Dead. Sure. Yeah. Uh, cause Planet of the dead is, 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 is it right to say it's my favorite special when the end of time is very good? I, I mean, like you're allowed, be. you're allowed. Like it, it, I feel like the end of time is just kind of unfair in comparison to pretty much any other special, just because it, it took so much time to just wrap up his story, which I think the other doctors don't really get as much. They get kind of mm-hmm. like a, a final arc and then a final episode, but it's, it's not like they have these really dedicated like specials. Um, yeah. It, it, I think, I think that kind of sits in a class of its own. So I think having like a special that's separated from that, that's your favorite is, is totally reasonable. Okay. Because it rules. Uh, and I don't, I did not remember that it ruled until I re- recently rewatched it. Oh, Man, I I feel like I have been I've been watching some of thirteen stuff or fourteen, and I haven't been able to like go back and watch as much as I want to, especially after the last time we did this. Sure, you you just saw it. Give me a quick. Uh, yeah. So this is the episode uh, with uh, Michelle Ryan as Lady Christina D'Souza, who is a jewel thief, um, and the and they're in they're in a a double decker um, bus that gets. Uh, accidentally shunted to a another planet that's completely barren uh and dana clue was in this episode fun fact um which is wild um happens all the time in doctor who it's insane it's it's wonderful watching doctor who and being like right andrew garfield dana kalua the thing uh, is Cyborg the thing is is, it's, in, is in something the thing is like contextually it's not that surprising when you think about the fact that like british stars have taken over so much of our triple a or uh a lister category for films so like yes of course they show up more in doctor who than they would appear anywhere else because that's the popular british show yeah um and so planet of the dead i think i think mostly i like it so much because of lady christina um who uh i tweeted about this the moment like after i watched the episode uh is like should have been the companion like should have been a companion like if david had gotten another season which didn't happen, obviously. But if she, if he did, it, I want it. I would love it to have been Lady Christina, um, and have that be the be a season long like companion. I thought that would, I think that would have been great. I think she's incredible in the episode. Her and David Tennant are wonderful together. Um, it's a it's a surprisingly strong episode for something just just like the in the beginning of this of this kind of farewell tour. You know. You know what. I don't think I ever saw this special. 
Really? <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. Um, yeah, Michelle Ryan's really cool. Um, she, this I, I was already familiar with her going into this because I've watched the entire attempt at rebooting Bionic Man into Bionic Woman with her at the time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, so I, I went into it with that kind of that knowledge, and I was also watching Merlin around then. So um, it, I, I think she's very good. Uh, I think the story is really good. I think. No, I think it's. I think it's just a. It's a well done piece. I don't disagree that I think like there was a time where she could have been, been a good companion on the show, um, yeah. and they just didn't go that way. For one reason or another, but it's okay because she ends up in the radio shows. So whatever. Yeah, there are there are quite a few Big Finish episodes that she appears in. Um, she even has her own Big Finish series that I'd love to listen to. Um, so be, beware of that coming, Sparks. Um, yeah, I really, I don't know, man. Like I was just enamored by it. Like the end of that episode when she's flying off in the bus and she's like we could have been great together, you know, and David Tennant just looks up and goes, Oh, Christina, we were, and I'm just like, yeah, you were great together. Hell yeah, man. Like I, I'm in love with this episode. I'm in love with lady Christina. I, I loved it so much. Um, to the best of not, your, yeah. To the best of your ability, Brandon, can you tell me how good you think the, the like show is putting aside her? Like how great do you think the special is? as like a full story kind of separating at least the actor mm. being good in the role. I know you That's can't, I know you question. can't remove the role from the story necessarily, but like try and strip away the actor from it. That's a really good question because we, there's a lot of things I like in this episode, not just lady Christina. Like it's also um, trying to find, I, I want to find his name real quickly. Lee Evans as Malcolm, which is the kind of this bumbling unit scientist. I think he's great. Um, the, there's a lot of like cutbacks to him where they're just on the phone and, and, um, he's just really quirky and fun. Um, I also really like, I do like the story of like the, these kind of like, this kind of like, uh, uh, these, these like manta, these like stingray flying stingray that like circle the globe over, and like, as they circle the globe, they eat everything in sight and then create a, a, a wormhole to another planet and then do the same thing again. All that's really interesting to me. Like I, it's, it sounds great. It does. It's a fun episode. Like it's difficult to kind of just like to take, to take away. But like, if I think about it, like everything in this episode would kind of really works for me. Um, It's probably not a great special, but it does work for me. Um, I, 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 I really like it. Like all the elements of it when, and like the bug captain, uh, who just like dies <laughs> and like his, his bug friend, it's like, oh, I'll avenge you. Like it's silly. It's weird. It's Dr. Who at his best. I think I'll say I'll, what I'll say is I think where it benefits is that it doesn't feel this and waters of Mars, I think are better specials than your usual non Christmas special because they don't feel like specials. They just feel like competent episodes of Doctor Who. Yeah. There's maybe a little bit more weight on them, but like not by a lot. They're not trying to like carry as much as I think, for example, 
end of time or the power of the doctor or the day of the doctor things that we're going to get into um yeah, you know they're I really not they're, like the waters of mars well that's what i'm saying right that's what i'm saying it's planet of the dead and waters of mars are just like slight barely barely slightly elevated really good mm. episodes of doctor who and i think it's because like they just they don't feel like they're carrying the same burden that a lot of the specials do like right they're not bringing it back any major characters you know everybody's just mm-hmm. new uh if anything i think what's special about them is that they're one of our only ones where the doctor doesn't have a companion at all traveling with him and is with someone who's totally like new to him mm. uh you know, that that is not a Christmas special. That is not a Christmas special. I will caveat right. yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, Did we lose him? Indeed. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it just, it doesn't carry the same burden of having to, like, even, even the, like, specials that are happening right now as we're having this discussion with the return of the 14th, the, the return of David Tennant as the 14th Doctor and everything, yeah. they have a different burden. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying, like, these just feel like solid, solid, well-structured episodes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, waters of Mars is also, um, underrated in, in, in that sense. Cause, um, I, I don't remember liking waters of Mars when I first watched it. Not that I dislike, not that I like hated or whatever, but like, mm-hmm. there's just something about it that I just haven't remembered well. Um, but going back to it, like it, it's a, it's a solid episode still like this, but also that one's dealing with a lot of heavier, material because right yeah it's it's dealing with the idea of like this is a fixed point in time that the doctor cannot be here for and yet and then and and, you know the caveat at the end being the the lesson that he learns at the end is like i can do whatever i want there are no time lords anymore i'm the only one um and it's a really powerful episode that, that he gets into like the end when he's trying to save everyone and the girl and the captain is trying to like kill everyone uh because like that she knows that's how this is supposed to happen is really powerful stuff it's one of those things oh sorry go ahead xander please um i i think i specifically like it um with how strong of a lead it is into the end of time Mm -hmm. because yeah he has this like he starts kind of like going on this power trip as he like, you know, that God complex that, that he kind of has like starts playing stronger in his head. He's like, Oh, I changed this. It's fine. I can do whatever I want. And then the woman that was supposed to die kills herself. Yeah. And he's, he realizes that like the power he has to control, you know, quote unquote is he still can't control people. And I, I, it's like this beautiful point where it's like he, he, he knows that like he can affect change, but like he can't change the outcomes other people want, no matter how like powerful he is. Um, and what's just, I don't know, there's, it's this kind of this dilemma that has been, I think goes further into, um, the 11th doctor, uh, and a little bit into the 12th, I think mostly 11 deals with it is that ramification of like, you know, I, I have all this like anger and hurt and power in me. And we're seeing that seep out a little bit more because tenant has dark episodes, you know, 
but it 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 feels like he's trying to like keep that under wraps. And then eleven with Matt Smith. Uh, well, what was it, Matt Smith? Not Matt, Matt Smith. Yeah. Oh, Matt Smith. Uh, with Matt Smith, it's like, oh, um, I'm just gonna pretend that everything's okay and nothing's wrong, and that same stuff I'm pushing down is still gonna come up. But hey, it's fine because we're fun now. Yeah. Um, I really like the waters of Mars and in particular, I like many others really like it uh, for its ending. Other things about the story are very good, but that ending has stuck with a lot of people um, Mm -hmm. and been an often thought of and remarked upon part of Tennant's tenure as the doctor. Um, Glorious. It's almost impossible for me to look back on this and not wish that the placement of this was different. I think mm. what's, what's great about the waters of Mars is undercut by the fact that the next special is the end of time. Yeah. And like, if you want to get down the line technical for David Tennant, the next thing that happens to him is the day of the doctor. Um, and those things don't feel like they fit with where we leave him at the end of waters of Mars outside of like the obvious seeing Ud Sigma and, and being like, is this when I die and saying, no, I don't want to die yet. Um, but I feel like the weight of the thing that they hit at the end with, with her killing herself for what the doctor did is not, it's not the lingering thread that I'd want it to be. And especially considering they knew they were doing these tenant specials. Mm-hmm. I truly feel Waters of Mars should have come first and Planet of the Dead second. And I didn't even need you to change a lot in Planet of the Dead to just at least, but it would be a little, maybe a little less fun uh, than it is, but only a little just to have the doctor carrying the weight of what just happened into the Mm -hmm. Planet of the Dead story. Um, And I don't think it, it needs to like do anything as a story to directly contradict what just happened to the doctor. But I think we needed to live with the doctor in that moment in the next story before the story is about David Tennant leaving the show, which I love the end of time, but it is more about saying goodbye to David Tennant than it is about saying goodbye to the 10th doctor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I see that, I guess the way that like, and I'm it's, 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 I think less of a, of a strong point and is, is more of just thematically there. Um, I like the fact that a lot of the, you know, I don't want to go. I, you know, trying to like escape death and everything. Um, thematically, I think plays really well with the end of the waters of Mars. See, I, because he's, I would, he's trying to change someone else's fate because he's would, trying to change his own. Absolutely. That I agree with. I think I would like the connective tissue of the two better. If there wasn't the implication that the doctor had a, a, set of adventures at least one in between the end of waters of mars and the end of time if he literally spun from the end of water of waters of mars mm-hmm. into the end of time i would feel differently right no no um, no. and i it, it totally totally valid point I, i'm just saying that like it, this is the the kind of like saving grace connection wise sure um that i see which is why you know previously and, i'm like i'm, but I'm seeing to your to your point while i like that as a connective thread of like why he did what he did the problem that I have in what you're saying is mm-hmm. is the problem with my placement of it that very quickly the story is not about what happened to her. 
or what happened to other people because of what he did. It's about him. Mm-hmm. You know, like it is, you're right to point out that like he's a, trying to force her to avoid her fate to avoid his own. But it becomes about him more than about what he did because mm-hmm. of that fear. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I, you're right. Another episode to kind of like explore that sentiment a little bit more makes sense. It it does feel when it jumps from one to the next that it kind of like only takes half of the ex- the experience. Right. Well, because okay. the idea of like the Time Lord Victorious is utterly fascinating like this idea that the doctor is now thinking that the rules of time don't apply to him at all um he's always he's always broken rules but he's always kind of been like you know i can't change fixed points like it was the pompeii episode like i can't stop the volcano from exploding um but but he knows like i can still save someone so like i can fudge the rules i can change history i can do what i want but a fixed point i can't do anything about that and i shouldn't do anything about that because the consequences will be dire and to finally kind of be like no i can i can do this and what's interesting about that is is for me is the seventh doctor sylvester mccoy was also trying to play in the space of like what if the doctor just decides that He's going to change things. He's going to change things for what he thinks is the better. And it was kind of, it was, at the time it was meant to be that this is how he becomes the Valyard, which is a, an evil version of the Doctor, a future version of, of the Doctor. Um, and, but Sylvester McCoy didn't get a lot of time to do that because the show was canceled. So we, so then we we try again with almost that kind of same sentiment of with with 10, but we don't get to live with it. We we are we are we are given it and then we are immediately taken away. Um, and I would have liked to have lived with it more. And there is a sense that Smith, his first season especially, is still playing in this kind of like Time Lord Victoria space. But it's not enough. It's he's still this kind of like kooky doctor. Um, I would have, I would have much. I think I'm I'm with Sparks that I would have much rather have lived with the Time Lord Victorious on a more kind of arc, a seasonal arc kind of thing. I, I just think that there's there's a lot of weight to the implications of the moment. And I feel like the scene itself has to wrap up so quickly. Like the moment after she shot, we're kind of supposed to take like, oh, no, I went too far as the like, oh, OK, he's processed all that. He can move on now um, yeah. because we have to put that emotional progress on pause because David David Tennant's about to leave the show. So let's go do his wrap up special, guys. We'll pick up this idea again, maybe kind of sort of later. Uh, and I don't find that satisfying. It feels like an idea that Davies wanted to explore, but never found the right time to do it. And so kind of shoehorned it in right before the end of his time. Yeah. Which is interesting because it might be something we go back to now. Um, without getting too far into like what's going on currently with the doctor. And we'll talk about how we get there and everything later, but the doctor is more untethered from Gallifrey than ever before. Um, mm-hmm. so you could explore, uh, some of that again, if that was something that he was even interested in, but that was also a long time ago. I'm sure he has other things that have come and gone since then that he'd rather explore, not to mention not wanting to retread waters that whether as explored fully or not, as Brandon said, were brought up in Smith's era. And I do yeah. think Smith is, I do think Smith is living in a response to this episode 
to an extent. Um, like as as they, you know, Moffat Moffat is a shrewd writer. Um, I won't say he's a great showrunner, but he is a shrewd writer. And I even though he'll hit you over the head with the point, I think when he says that, uh, you know, when we get down to the day of the Doctor, like Matt Smith is the the one who forgets. Um. And I do think that's very poignant. Like Matt Smith feels like a character running away, not from like the fear of his fate, but from the fear of like what the doctor can be like. He's chasing fun. Yeah. Right. In response to this. I don't want this. I don't want this kind of adventure again. Yeah. I just think um, um, there, I just think there were ways just real quick. I think there were ways where you could have worked in more of this being a part of tenants farewell instead of just like, and this kind of goes back to the point I was saying about end of time, which I love doesn't feel like a farewell of that doctor as much as it does feel like we're really sad tenants and Davies are leaving. Yeah. Um, and it feels like it's more about the behind the scenes, like for the fandom farewell than it is about da- like the 10th doctors. Like I would say like, this is much the point, right? The waters of Mars is the thing that makes me feel this way. 10's story. doesn't come to a full conclusion. We just are moving on. Mm. yeah and yeah, no, that's a good point because if we were if we kept the same showrunner but tenant still regenerated then we could the show uh, the same showrunner could carry the story into the next regeneration but because we're also changing showrunners that story is just kind of cut off at the knees yes and i i feel like there was a way if you weren't so focused on like we're saying goodbye to davies who got doctor who back into pop culture we're saying goodbye to tenant all that stuff if you weren't so mired in that you could bring the elements of this into that end of time story right like there's room for it mm-hmm. it's just not what the focus of that was so it just kind of has to get cut out at the knees here and that's that's my biggest thing is that waters of mars is great but that ending feels like emotionally rushed because we we can't mm-hmm. get into it we just don't have yeah. the room to do so yeah, it's a good point. Uh, Water of Mars, though, is still a really solid episode. Um, Absolutely genius. Yeah, it's it, it it's terrifying. The 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 monsters of this constantly, just constantly wet creatures. Uh, really fascinating. I love it. I remember when the first trailer for it came out, and I had this like just deep hope in my soul that somehow Jenny was going to be in it um, because I just wanted it, mm. and she, she never comes back that there but. is there, there is kind of a, a look about it that kind of like harkens back to the look of her episode that you're kind of like yeah. oh maybe maybe yeah uh i really i really thought maybe we, we'd do it but no um, she sounds great jenny <laughs> do you not know oh, who we're doctor, talking about the doctor's daughter jenny oh okay got it got it got it, the, got it, got the, it. i was thinking yeah the war yeah go ahead no, no, no! I was yeah. just thinking of the the previous episode, Christina. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no, not her, not her. The doctor's yeah. daughter, Jenny, um, David Tennant's wife in real life. Yeah, it's really for how much fan outcry there was for that. It's wild that there wasn't even a nod to it. I know. Um, she just I just listened to uh, Once in Future, which is the Big Finish 60th anniversary, and she did an episode, uh, which is really fun. Um, which doctor is she with? She's with the fifth doctor, her own, her actual real her father. Dad, right. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. Um, so the end of time is mm-hmm. a, I think a phenomenal two part episode um, that it, it, that has so many elements that I really like. Um, we get, we, fi- we finally see 
the time war like in a sense mm-hmm. we don't really see see it in the same kind of way that we will come to know it later but mm-hmm. we see the time war and what the high council of gallifrey led by rassilon uh which is big reveal that rassilon is alive um because he, he was and dead timothy dalton series. and timothy dalton as rassilon i love timothy dalton as rassilon so much um uh this idea of like we've got a plan let's make the master crazier <laughs> and let's see how that works. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really, I really like this episode and like, look, the companion is Wilfred Mott and like, no, that was, I, lo- I love, I love his character. I, I've always like, it's, it's so, he's so like comforting, you know, like there's, there's that level of wisdom where he's like, able to see the doctor as like this old guy yeah i think rather than like pretty much everyone else in his run that you know sees him in the way he wants to present himself mm-hmm. and he's just kind of like yeah i i see it you're you're ancient yeah yeah i i think Bernard Cribbins is very, very special in his performance of Wilf and particularly here. Like I don't find it fair to compare companion, like when ranking companions, the, mm-hmm. the singular story companions against like whole season arc companions, but like yeah. in a general sense, there's no beating Wilford Mott. <laughs> like there's no, just, you not. don't, you don't, <laughs> I people, you know, like I talked about this on the podcast when Bernard Cribbins passed away. Uh, and when whenever someone shares the meme footage from this special of him like crying and doing his goodbye like hand reach over his mouth and all that uh instant instant tear up moment like you know just uh yeah cool Uh, reopening my trauma thanks guys like (laughs) great wilford mod is all of us and this is the thing is like just real quick and then i'll I'll turn the mic over um uh I, I am criticizing that like, what I was saying earlier, which is like I don't think the end of time fully tells like a, a proper end to the to the tenth Doctor's story. I don't I don't know that it really uh, nails that for me. What I do think it does, and I do think it rightly does, is anticipates the fandom's deep deep appreciation and connection for both David Tennant and Russell T Davies. Um, and as a farewell to both of those creative spirits of Doctor Who leaving the the, the series, that is very emotional and very powerful and very present. Mm-hmm. And like in that sense, Wilfred Mott is everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really. So this episode, by the way, Martian Manhunter from uh, Supergirl is in this episode. Um, Brian Cox is in this. Brian Cox is in this. Um, yeah. Wait, Brian Cox is in this? He's the voice of the Elder Ood holy shit i had no idea (laughs) it's a it's a crazy cast list if you look at it um yeah timothy dalton who is james bond um showing up as rassilon for these two episodes um we also there's a lot of um kind of what so what i really like about this episode is, is contextually contextualizing the time war as this kind of like we knew that the time war was between the Daleks and the time and the time Lords. That was what we've mm-hmm. always known. Um, but this also is like, you know, you know, Wilf, Wilf is like, well, if your people come back, isn't that great? And he's like, by the end of the war, my people were just as bad as the, as the Daleks. Like there's, th- this would be bad. This would be just bad if they came back. Um, and especially like 
what we learn later in the day of the doctor is not specifically the time lords but the high council of gallifrey rassilon and them mm -hmm. they were ready to enact a plan that was going to destroy the universe um that the doctor had to stop and uh if they came back rassilon would enact that plan again like there there was no question in his mind so him trying to like stop the time lords is a really interesting place to put the doctor in post the time war having this idea like yeah i destroyed the i destroyed the entire time lords oh they could come back not on my freaking watch absolutely not mm -hmm. uh yeah. i like that dichotomy that we see yeah it's a really interesting setup of uh of us anticipating oh this should be great for him and he's yeah. like this this couldn't be worse yeah. Um, and, and obviously I, bringing Johnson back as a genius stroke. Um, I love oh, him yeah. even more here than I did in season three. He's, he's just his, excellent. Like, his like, uh, uh, beam ability that he keeps doing is pretty fun. Uh, his, that whole sequence of like, uh, uh, I need fat, I need meat. I need yeah. all the angles and everything. I, I think about it all the, and like the the banging on the trash can to get the doctor's attention and the, the anticipation that everyone had for the four knocks. It's all, it's all very, very well constructed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. God, that, that four knocks thing, it, God, it, it, the, the, the real, like it, there's so many, there's so many gut punches in the like later half of, of um, part two that just, mm -hmm. it, it's one out. It doesn't like, it doesn't stop. Like to have Wolf do those knocks that he's like, oh, it's over. I won. And turn around and just the like just just coming to yeah. terms and realizing everything and being like. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I get it. <laughs> he the he has this this is also the first time that we get this perspective of regeneration, which I really like, which is that like we've always kind of already known this, that regeneration changes their brain chemistry because the doctors are often different than what they were before. There's always mm -hmm. kind of this idea that they are carrying a through line, but sometimes, but, but like most of the time they are distinct, different characters. Mm -hmm. um, and what I really like is like this perspective of like the doctor being like, you know, he says, well, you can't die, right? You, you'll regenerate. It's like, well, I can die. If they kill me before I regenerate, then I'm dead. Uh, the regeneration takes time. Um, and then, and then he's like, even so it feels like dying. I, I die. And then someone else walks away in my, in my place. Um, it's such a, such a kind of sad look at what regeneration mm. is. Um, that I, I really appreciate that we would keep, we would keep, we'll keep getting that throughout the regenerations that'll come later. Um, this idea that like the doctor so is like, I don't know if I want to regenerate because like, I kind of liked being who I am and why don't I just die the way I am? This is, this is also attached to very much like something that Eccleston has, but tenant, um, I'm not going to say perfected, but he definitely personified it more than Eccleston had the opportunity to yeah. of a, a, an emotional connection to the doctor that just, that doesn't exist in the classic age. Mm -hmm. And so like, again, kind of going back to the idea, like, this is as much this is more about the audience saying goodbye to the tenant than it is about the tenth. And I think like all the other things after that have wanted to more 
acknowledge for an audience that uh, would have Matt Smith or Capaldi or Woodacre or, you know, Tennant, whoever else as their favorite doctor. This is tough for you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You're sa- you have to say goodbye to your friend. Yeah. Um, and like, I think I, this was a way to incorporate that idea. And I think they do it very lovingly, very, very well yeah. uh, in, in end of time. Um, and, and I think like Davies has this big book he wrote um, when he was ending everything uh, back then. And he talked a lot about how he views the Doctor Regenerations, I'm paraphrasing because it's been a while since I read this, but uh, he views the Doctor's Regenerations as reincarnations, but with a continuous memory. Hmm. And so like, hmm. so like that's the only change, right? Like you are fundamentally a new, in like traditional reincarnation, you're just a new being, but like you have a continuous through line of memory. Hmm. Uh, but otherwise you are like wholly becoming something else. Yeah. Sandy, you're yeah. trying to say something? No, I, I I like the kind of the precedent that tenants like final goodbye in in the TARDIS sets for the following doctors. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, sure, they don't get an entire like goodbye special, but they do get to say goodbye as they regenerate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like they they get their like send off. They're like, here's my love for the character. Here's my character speaking about dying. Here's like me right. speaking about not being on the show. It, it it's like this really cool like meta narrative that still totally works in the canon narrative. Um, yeah, I I like that it 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 kind of started that and and that it's kept going. Yeah, and then you know, regenerations get longer and longer. <laughs> yeah. Not just Tenet, like the physical act, but how long they have to say goodbye. Yeah. Something something that I really like. Um, I'm gonna talk a little bit about the Sarah Jane Adventures because in this time, uh Sarah Jane Adventures was in its I believe third season. Um yeah. and they and there's an episode with David Tennant in it, but I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about a Matt Smith episode that is in the fourth season. Um, because at the end of right. this episode, uh David Tennant we see him go through the the Davies companions. We see him like say goodbye yes. to them. Um except for what except for Rose, who he just looks at from a distance. Right. He he yeah. he's he he says um uh because he you know he he sees the past version of Rose, whereas he sees yes. kind of the present version of H1. Um mm. one of my favorite things that Davies did with Matt Smith is that he revealed that it wasn't that he that the doctor didn't just go through his previous couple companions. He saw them all. He went back mm. and went. He went back to see them all from the from the from the beginning. Um, and I I and that kind of like context that that's lived in my brain since since I watched since since since. So like watching this episode feels even more impactful. Having seeing the doctor kind of be like, where is everyone now? Did I, did I leave them in good places? And like, mm. did I was I good? Was I good to them? That's a that's a fair and fun thing to bring up especially because like a lot of people think like davies just hasn't touched the franchise again after end of time um but that's not true he he writes matt smith's episode for sarah jane um which is really interesting uh and and hard not to connect to um what's happening like right now not to get very spoilery but like it's tenant back but it's the 14th doctor and there is a criticism even from donna of like you never check in 
Mm-hmm. Like you just you like what do you ever like like even as the doctor went and did exactly what he does at the end of time like not everybody sees him yeah mm-hmm. you know not everybody sees that he's checking in on them and looking at them and th- there's no moment of like deep connection it's just kind of like some of them don't even know what they're looking at who they're looking at um, yeah you know like it, it that's not it means something for the doctor but like there's still that like I think idea and I'm and I'll say like this is picking up on something specifically from the end of Whitaker's run that is carrying over that I think Davies is doing on purpose. Literally in her last special, there's a lot of criticism of the doctor not ever following up on the lives of the people who travel with them. Yeah. Um, And I do think that's something that Davies had on the mind then that still has on the mind now. So I think we're going to see more of that. You got to imagine like it's been on his mind since Sarah Jane came back. Right. Because even Sarah Jane talks about that. I think it's that, but I think it's also, um, I think it's also the criticisms he got about where he left Donna. Sure. And the circumstances Donna was under, which is one of the, one of the reasons to to come back. It's like, I think there's, I think there's a deeper interest these days. Now Uh, the shows old enough in its modern age, as well as like adding in the classic age to kind of criticize the doctor needing to consider from their perspective, what that feels like um, because that's long gone. And then like uh, you think about things like we're, we're going to get into it in a moment, but like Matt Smith's care 11th doctor will stay with Amy and Rory for longer than he stayed with anybody and check yeah, in mm-hmm. on them. Um, and like what, what makes them get such treatment that the others don't kind of thing. Yeah. I'll say that. Um, I uh, just I just want to wrap up at the end of time real quickly um, so we can move into Matt Smith. But um, Mm -hmm. all in all, I think it's a very strong episode. It's very gut punch because gut wrenching episode um, that uh, that wraps up the Davies era uh, uh, nicely. I like all the supporting cast. Um, It's very exciting. Murray Gold's top form. Love Murray Gold's music here. Um, I want to highlight just one Um, particular. Yeah, it's Sorry, uh, I just I want to highlight just one particular element, which is the um, the bit where Will says, uh, "Take this gun, don't let them don't let them do this to you because you're the most wonderful man, and I don't want you to die." So take this gun because Wolf is a soldier, um, mm-hmm. and that's the, ultimately the perspective he falls back to, which I think is it's a very. While I will say, like I don't think all of Ten's story stuff was closed. Davies' stuff he did with the Doctor, I think, is very poignantly touched upon. Like, there's obviously a lot of elements that he enriched Doctor Who with as a showrunner and that carry over into the future. But the point of not just like now the doctor doesn't like guns or that kind of thing, but the focus on it, the focus on the doctor constantly refusing those kinds of weapons, uh, denouncing those, excuse me, weapons. um, It's very much like what Davies was doing at the time. This is very like, how do you make Doctor Who a phenomenon at its time? when it is coming back for its revival, you are creating a male hero who refuses, not just doesn't use, but refuses force as a way to solve the problem. And that's just so rare uh, in the space of pop culture at the time and even today. But um, it is one of those things I think is an ultimate central catharsis for him. So to see it, uh, kind of get its button in end of time, I think is really excellent. Yeah, I agree. It's a good scene. Uh, well, why don't we move into Matt Smith's era then? 
if there's nothing more you want you guys want to add about uh the end of david tennant maybe final I thoughts mean, I, about david tennant as the 10th doctor i mean he's still he's still going to be around in our conversation so it's hard to um i mean he's great uh I I have recently started to question if he is in fact my favorite doctor or if he's my favorite actor to play the doctor. Me too. Um, and mm. I'm really having to weigh that um, about what I value in a in a story about the doctor. But I do think he's, I think he's the most emotionally relatable, and I'll I'll say that and that that always will draw me in. He's one of the greats. Yeah. Obviously, that's I just a common want to say, That's why they keep uh, bringing him back out. I just want to say, I, he's never been my favorite. Paul McGann has been my favorite. Just want to throw that out there. Um, no, but I, uh, I kind of agree, Sparks, that I've been questioning um, how much I like the 10th Doctor, especially in relationship to the 14th Doctor, which well, I mean, we'll talk about it when, when these happen, but like, I think I'm... I've, I think I've fallen in love with the 14th Doctor in a way that I didn't with 10. Um, and, you know, there's Capaldi, who I love. Um, but, man, like, these these seasons are great. Tennant was clearly so in love with the role. Um, and he was such a joy to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, that's That's something that I think, you know, we might get into it at a later date when we're, when we're coming to the end of uh, all this wrap up stuff. Um, yeah. hmm. But uh, I think there's a, I do think like it's a fundamentally different question when you talk about who's your favorite performer in the role of the doctor and who hmm. to you encapsulates what the doctor is yeah. um, or like what you, what are your favorite things about the doctor? And I do think those are kind of two different questions. And I've started to kind of recognize that because like, don't get me wrong. Tenant is uh, as 10 is my second favorite. If he's not my favorite doctor, um, but he might not be my favorite doctor as I, as I anticipate. He's certainly my favorite actor to play him though. Um, part of that's the breadth of material he's given is just mm. excellent, but it's also, uh, it's also just his passion for it bleeds into you. Um, he's special. Yeah. That's all. Xander, what about you? So Capaldi's my favorite. Sure. <laughs> We've been over this. I think that's I think that's true for me too. I, I've come I'm um, coming to realize. Mm. Uh but uh I don't think there is really a way to say that there's it, it, Okay. In no small part did did uh, the tenth doctor like not affect literally everything. Yeah. I mean, like tenants run. No matter who your favorite doctor is, and like knew who, um, just has such a like powerful effect on. I think pretty much everyone else that like takes up the the mantle i mean there's a reason that everyone's kind of like constantly compared to him and not just the previous iteration you know like it, he set kind of i think what a lot of people consider 
that gold standard for like what Doctor Who should be in general. Um, I think there's there's obviously a little bit of like nostalgia that goes with that. Um, a little bit of like that was really when Doctor Who was like taking off and you know becoming more and more relevant to pop culture. Like there's a lot of of things that like stacked up on top of Tenant's run that are just inextricably just part of that series of Doctor Who. Like you can't honestly separate and pick all those elements out because all those elements contributed to that run. And I don't think there's been another one that like is able to have that like very special mix of like things falling into place so right um, to create that, you know, and it, it, it obviously helps that, you know, David Tennant's a great actor (laughs) and uh, you know, David's got to, showrunning some great stuff they had some amazing episodes with like super talented writers like they were they were knocking it out of the park very consistently so it's just one of those things where it's like now i can look back and be like sure it might not be my favorite doctor but you can't look back at that season and be like yeah, I just think he's overrated. Oh, no, nah, yeah. he's not that special. It's just like everyone likes him, and it's just because like he was at the start and everybody's new. No, no, shut up. You're wrong. It it it's just it's good. It's objectively good. And and you know, no small part of Doctor Who being around today. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's regenerate to the eleventh doctor. Uh, Matt Smith came in that's, that's at it. season that's five. <laughs> <laughs> My whole room explodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, season five brought back brought in Matt Smith, Stephen Moffat, Clean Slate, New Companions, Amy, uh, Karen Gillan, um, as Amy as Amy uh, Pond, Amelia Pond. Um, I will be. I will say this right up front. Season five is my least favorite season of New Who. Wow, even against Winnaker stuff? Shit. Season five, <laughs> maybe bottom three. I, I was like, thousand like, percent oh, forgot. No. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I hate to say, I really should say Chibnall because it's so not her fault. No, it's not. I don't want it to be associated to her. Um, yeah. Uh, it. I... I think I like I think I'm I think I'm different from you. I think I like season five more than I like season six. Um yeah. as far as like Matt Smith's stuff is. Um I definitely enjoy season seven. Um but I, I think season six might be in a very general overall sense, it might be near the the bottom. I don't know. It that's tough to say. But I, I like season five. I like I'll, I'll put it this way. Um, I was thinking a lot about this uh, recently. Um, and obviously we're talking about Doctor Who. Um, uh, I think Matt Smith captures something that even Tennant's doctor and I the, this isn't a criticism on Tennant's performance. Um, it's just not what I think is. Some, I, I think this is something Moffat intended to do with with Matt Smith and with the show. And it's something Matt's 
Matt Smith wanted to do also, um, which is that uh, he is a doctor who I feel like is very much not made for kids, but definitely more connectable with kids. Right. Mm. Uh, I I don't think t- I think like kids could like and enjoy Doctor Who and Tenants era, but I think Matt Smith and his run is more crafted to engage children. And I don't think any season captures that feeling more than season five. Like, I think, I think there's a reason a lot of kids fell in love with Dr. Who at the beginning of Matt Smith's run. Sure. Mm. What about you, Zane? Uh, what do you think about season five? I don't, I don't hate it. Yeah. And yeah, like, I don't know. I don't think I have as strong of a, like, reaction towards that season uh as you do um i think i think i'm just a little more forgiving with um this season is this season the one his introductory season or the season after is this is the, his introductory season the introductory season okay yeah 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 um yeah i tend to be more forgiving with introductory seasons um in general uh you know new showrunner new you know new doctor new like you know this was new this was new everything which had not yeah happened. yeah yeah uh, so it's like so it's hard because i'm like yeah it wasn't a great season but it's like it's difficult for me to not be like try to give them a little bit of like space um mostly because i i do think the show does vastly improve yeah i i so okay i yeah it's it there's a lot in this like going through these episode titles i think he's got a strong first episode i think the 11th hour is a really strong episode i want to agree i I want to just focus on that too like i think the 11th hour is one of the best first episodes for a new modern doctor Hmm. like i i think Hmm. structure wise i think uh smith proving himself against like that, that kind of monolith that was tenant at the time. Um, he comes out swinging in this episode. I think yeah. very well. Uh, the think, 11th hour is one of the best in his run. I think genuinely, if we look at just the first episodes of each new doctor, I think the 11th hour is my favorite of all. It's time. a really no, good no, no. one. It's um, because I Capaldi's first episode. I don't like um, I don't either. Rose. Rose is fine. Uh, Rose is a pretty good episode to get into it. Uh, and I'm not crazy about, I think it's called the Christmas invasion, which is, ten, which is 10th first episode. Yeah. Um, the 11th, the 11th hour is the one where I'm just like, no, that's, that's a really good episode. And it's a really good introductory episode for the, for the doctor. And also just cause we can't forget Whitaker is also in this conversation and her which introductory like episode has all. a lot of bumps. Yeah. A lot of bumps. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it, I, her, her episode, her introductory episode is hurt by the fact that it's so much less about her because you're introducing three companions in a, in the yeah. first episode. Yeah. And that's really tough. Um, but here, uh, I think, yeah, I think 11th hour, like was out to prove itself and kind of like soars very high in order to meet that bar. Yeah. And you know what, who else is in this episode? Olivia Coleman. Yes. True. Yeah. What? <laughs> I mean, again, British, British actors, that'll um, happen and and i also i like i 
dislike the season overall, and we'll get into a lot of this with this with the the Smith eras. All of Moffat's big ideas, his big season long ideas, don't work for me. Um, and I'm and I'm I mean every single mm. one. The smaller ones, the smaller stuff that he does, work for me. Um, just when he kind of sh- there's just a lot of the stuff that he does that just gets big, and I'm just I'm not really here for it. Um, so I don't really like the cracks in the wall or the Pandorica or all that sort of thing. I mm. there's an idea that he's playing with in this season that he You're goes talking, into the next sorry. season. I, I just want to clarify, you're talking all of Moffat's big ideas with Smith. Not with Smith, Capone. specifically with Smith, yes. Right, okay. I, and I, I just want to comment on that because like, I think there was very much also at this time, and you see it most in season six, which is maybe one of the reasons why I rub up against it, at least in my memory, mm-hmm. um, where you felt the BBC pushing the globalization phenomenon that was Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. That's sure. why like season six takes place so heavily in America for a chunk of it and actually films there. Like they yeah. really wanted to push reaching the audience they knew was there in a global sense mm-hmm. and they wanted to cater to it. And I can't, we won't, we don't know because he didn't, he's not as open about this stuff as Davies is about like making productions and, and building these seasons and, and things. But like, I'm just looking at like his full run as a showrunner and considering like the Capaldi stuff, which we won't get too deep into, but like, I do feel like there was a pressure to make Smith's run big. And I think that ends up pushing some of these big series ideas further than Moffat maybe necessarily would have taken them without that pressure. Um, All in all, like there are problems. I 100% agree. I think like some of Moffat's stuff gets like eye roll inducingly level, like up its own butt at times, but, (laughs) but it's hard for me not to imagine that he was not allowed to make the same level of show that Davies was yeah, just because of the popularity that they knew was there. I mean, this is when yeah. Dr. Who starts going to Comic-Con, yeah. you know, right. Uh, this is, this is, this is the, the biggest it ever gets. Like people are, are, you know, quoting it. It's, it becomes the Tumblr darling, like all that stuff. It's, it's right, this yeah. era, particularly because of a reaction to tenant, but this is where the machine is feeding itself. And I do yeah, think there's an amount yeah, yeah. of the BBC because we know the BBC gets its hands in things pretty deeply. Sometimes I do think there's an amount of like the environment that Moffat had to work inside of pushes some of these stories to a place that I don't know they would have happened to go into organically left to Moffat's own devices. Sure. Um, this is the era of the super who lock uh, fandom. I was just, a- I was just looking that yeah. up to yeah. see yeah. that it was in the right like time. Yeah, uh, because Moffat was also doing Sherlock, which really yes. uh, kicked off um, something. Um, yeah, and then Supernatural for some reason lumped into that same fandom because those are the those were the big Tumblr things. That was the everyone who was young and hot and on Tumblr and liked hot guys was uh, jumping between those three things. Yeah, um, that's also a good point too. Like I, I, Moffat's juggling Sherlock with the BBC at, around the same time as well. And I think that does cause like split focus too. Yeah. Uh, that, that, yeah. that hurts Smith's run because so, all of this just to say, like, I think the, I think to Brandon's point, like, and, and we'll talk about it next time, Capaldi's bigger ideas, I think are much more thoughtful and well executed. And I think mm-hmm. it's ultimately because he was left alone <laughs> to just do them on his own <laughs> rather um, than what we kind of see here, which is like, I think he even tries to say this at one point in Smith's run directly because the doctor says I got too big. Yeah. Too noisy. 
And I do think that's Moffat writing directly like this got too out of hand. Same. So out of out of the the introductory season, aside from the eleventh yeah. from the eleventh hour, what episode is the least bad? The what? The least the least what? The least bad. Like the, the, oh, the least oh, bad? Oh, oh it's I have it's it's Vincent and the Doctor, and it's not a competition. One thousand percent, it is Vincent and the Doctor. Is one Vincent and the Doctor is one of my favorite episodes of Doctor Who. Period. Like yeah. throughout the entire run of the show, I think that episode is rather incredible. Let me get the uh, writer the writer name again because he only wrote one it's episode Johnny, of Doctor Who. It's Johnny Campbell. No, right? it's Richard. Oh, sorry, sorry, Johnny sorry. Campbell's the director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard Curtis. Richard Curtis is the is the writer, and he wrote Love Actually and About Time, mm-hmm. uh, About Time, one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, great movie. And this that's why Bill Nagy is in this movie, as in is in this episode um, as the as the bow tie wearing curator of mm-hmm. the of the art gallery. Um, truly, an incredible look at how depression can affect an artist, um, and mm-hmm. and a, 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 a wonderful tribute to Vincent Van Gogh. Vincent Van Gogh, sorry. Um, and uh, uh, Smith's strongest in this season as mm-hmm. the Doctor. Um, truly, one of my favorite. Truly, one of my favorite episodes of Doctor Who ever. Uh, Xander, I know your appreciation for Vincent mm-hmm. Van Gogh. So, uh, was that a cue up because you wanted yes, to focus on hundred percent? Okay, hundred yeah. percent. I just wanted. Off. I just wanted to get us talking on this. Yeah, yeah, one thousand percent. Oh God, um, man, I, I will, I will sometimes be like just watching clips of shows, and then like Doctor Who clips will pop up on the on those, and the section with the art gallery at the end yeah. is not just a tearjerker for the sake of being a tearjerker, but it, like it's impactful because. It's, it's, I think, I think it's that thing that we, we all want. I think it's that thing that any creative strives for. And, and it's not so much fame, but just finding someone that has such a deep, pure appreciation for your work. Mm. You know, I don't think, I think he was like emotional that all his paintings were there. I mean, like it, it shows as it's like swelling up. But he doesn't really break down until he hears that, like, you know, it's like, yeah, in my opinion, he's one of the greatest artists ever. Yeah. Yeah. And and that that's what like hit that like that validation, that like sense of just like what I have done does have value. Cause we go through the whole episode about him being like unable to sell a painting and like just kind of like bumming around. Uh and it just like, oh, it's 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 so great. I I think the end with um, uh, the the small conversation that Amy and and uh, and the doctor have, where it's just like, yeah, but you know, so did we do it? Did we change? You know, the the future? Did he actually like still kill himself? And it's like, yeah. Yeah, it it's it's about being able to like appreciate the good days even through all of the bad ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it 
there's so much in this episode that like speaks to just like a very genuine kind of like look at depression and suicide and kind of like how people can can be haunted and still have those days where they can take that and not have it be worse but like create beauty well one of my favorite scenes is when he's when the doctor is like okay we'll be out of your hair after this and he breaks down he's like you're just like all the others you're gonna leave me and he starts starts yelling at them Mm -hmm. and then like was it a couple hours later he's like all right let's go yeah like you know i I have these moments at these episodes but they but they pass and look how beautiful this world is and how could I stay sad like that all the time? And you know, all that thing. And like, you know, the doctor has this great moment of like, we have to take the good stuff with the bad, but life is all about the good stuff. The little good things that you put all together and you, he is, I'm paraphrasing like hell, but like, you know, he's got this whole bit where, where it's like, yeah, you did make a difference in Vincent's life. And it just because he didn't, he didn't just because he did kill himself at, uh, uh, anyway, doesn't mean that what happened didn't matter. It mm-hmm. mattered to him, and it, it, because we see it in the painting for Amy, right? Uh, you know, because like it did matter, but it just, you know, sometimes it's those voices, those feelings, it they can't be beaten. I think it it in a lot of ways treats it with a kind of still like respect. And kind of like, you know, understanding where it's like, look, this terrible thing did happen, but like it, we focus on everything else that he was, not just, you know, this, the end of it. Um, And I don't think that's something a lot of shows do right. Mm -hmm. I I really don't think that like depression or uh, suicide or anything is, is handled well in a lot of media. Me too. Me too. And this this just kind of like really sort of broke that mold in what I had been seeing, you know? Because I mean, for every, you know, one episode of this, we get three or four seasons of like stuff like 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. Which is like, if you're listening to this and you've heard of the show and you feel like, oh, I should watch it, don't. It's not worth your time. It it it's such a, a terrible handling of of that situation. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I think it I think it does all the things that you guys are, are just saying. I'm in full agreement. And and I think it's very much comes from a place of like this is like something where people who appreciate uh Vincent today wish they could have they could this is a gift that could have been given to him. Yeah, you know, um, not that it would have changed everything, but it would have changed. Right, but yeah, you know, some things, and and how lovely that would be if if we could, um, which is very touching and very special because I, because Vincent is such a high profile tragic artist, um, mm-hmm. uh, like he's yeah. he's pretty much the go to of like not appreciated in his time kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, and and I think that's that's very lovely, and and like. I'm grateful that it had never been touched in Doctor Who before so that this could happen. Mm. Um, Me too. Because I think it's quite, quite lovely. Um, there's, it's hard to, and like, it, it's, it feels like it's gotten like, 
overused isn't the word, but like overexposed, I guess, for mm-hmm. so many things. Like it's on blankets and pillowcases and everything now. But like the in his style interpretation of the TARDIS exploding is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Even even at the end of the episode, when he's describing how the sky looks to him and how he wishes he, people could see the world as he does, and we start seeing. We, we we begin to see the sky as he sees it, and it's this yeah. beautiful kind of moment of seeing mm-hmm. uh, the sky in, in the in the Van Gogh style. Um, uh, Xander, did you ever see Loving Vincent? I did. It's we saw this. We, we saw it together in theaters. This is why I was like, I know Xander's queuing this up. Yeah, no, uh, it's, it's a great beautiful, movie. Beautiful. Um, yeah, I I adore Vincent and the Doctor. Like it, it's just. Such a wonderful episode. It's unlike any Doctor Who episode because it's Richard Curtis writing it. Like he, um, I'm kind of glad he never wrote another episode because, as we'll talk about, it, Neil Gaiman writes a really great episode, but his second episode, not so great. Um, but uh, but having this like beautiful Richard Curtis written a love letter to Vincent Van Gogh and um, mm. and this idea of of the way it handles depression and everything like that. I'm so grateful to have it. I'm so grateful it exists. Um, I, I am grateful this season exists so that, so we have this episode. Right. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah. And when, when you do have kind of those like overarching plot lines, you don't care about as much like the Pandorica. I don't um, care about the Pandorica at all. It's it's nice to have these little, you know, these little things, these little yeah. like, you know, um, the Pandorica I, was the one where Rory becomes the Centurion, correct? Yes. 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 OK, uh, that part I liked. I like Rory. Yeah, I like Rory. I, I, I was going to say, I think this is true of a lot of the Moffat stuff. I really like the buildups. It's the conclusions mm-hmm. that get me. Like everything yeah. building up to what's going to happen to the TARDIS, the Pandorica is opening, blah, 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 blah. Um, I liked all that. All the buildup. There's a crack in your wall. Um, it all works for me. It's just uh, I think Moffat's storytelling is better when it's more concise. And I think when yeah. he's forced to draw out his mysteries, like mm-hmm. you know, like when we've had Silence in the Library and that stuff, right? That two-parter mm-hmm. episode. That's the right length for Moffat's storytelling. Mm-hmm. One to two episodes. But like when he has to draw his mysteries out over a season. Either his clues get too weird or they don't feel like they thematically fit or uh, he starts having to hit you over the head with them. Um, it, it And I think that hurts what he's good at as a storyteller, because it's yeah. it, it, I think this was one of the things that was jarring for all of us is because like. Moffat working under Davies as showrunner does some of the best episodes of Doctor Who there are. Um, Science of the Library, Blink. Um, these are these are incredible, incredible episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah. He invents the Weeping Angels. Like he invents he invents cool creatures. I, I will say this. Like you know, we'll, we'll mm. get to the silence in a moment. I think the yeah. silence is exceptionally cool. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's just you know, I just don't think he's designed for long form storytelling like that. Not in this way, mm, not, not in this way. Um, yeah. And I do think like he only starts to refine it in the last seasons of Capaldi. 
Yeah, uh, there's there, there's more in the season that I do want to touch on um, because I really hate his two parter angel episode, um, which are uh, what are they called? Uh, the time of the angels and flesh and stone. I really don't like those two episodes. Um, I think go off, go off, King. I don't agree, but go off. His his the whole angel lore thing that he that he creates. Like, an image of an angel becomes an angel. Oh, but if you stare at an angel too long, the angel is inside you. And I'm like, you're doing a lot. And like the, the but there's there's like stuff in the episode that I kind of like, which is. Um, I like the guy who plays uh, the father. He he's Batman and Titans, and he's in Game of Thrones. And um, yes. I like that actor quite a bit. I forgot his name. Um, but uh, and like the whole idea of like when they're like, oh yeah, the, all these aliens had two heads. Then why did the statues have one head? It's because they're angels. Um, that's pretty cool. But like, it just as an as as a two part episode, it just doesn't work for me like at all. It just there's just nothing he, about it. I turned. I turned. I was trying to rewatch it, and I was like, "I'm. I don't care." Uh, Ian Is, Glenn, just to, Ian Glenn. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember correctly, uh, is that the first episode we get with River Song? Uh, is that the first episode with River Song? Um, Sparks yeah. is no longer with us. Oh, Sparks is frozen again. Yeah, uh, his his uh, he, the internet being, and he's being observed. Uh, Sparks, uh, is this the first episode of River Song? Yes, I believe so. In the Matt Smith era, in the Matt Smith era, yes, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously. Um. Yeah. Um, and yes. Yeah. I I like it, but I feel no need to like get into it or defend it. Sure. Um. um there's other things. The, like um, we also are reintroduced to the Solarians in this in this season, which are a classic Doctor Who villain. Um, Sparks, do you like this episode too? I do like this two-parter, and I think it's only worth noting that it's Chris Chibnall who writes it. Uh, and this is like one of the times where I like what Chibnall's doing. Um, Interesting. Um, we'll later. And Rory, though, I think is a good. Ep- I, I think Rory is a good companion, but the first two seasons with Amy don't work for me as I don't think she worked. She never really quite worked for me as a companion I, for to me, Matt Smith. To me, Amy only works as a companion with Rory. Yeah. I'm kind of with you, but also I get really mad at Amy because she's so clearly in love with the doctor until season seven uh, mm. and not in love with, with Rory. And so like that really bothers me because there's so much like lustful chemistry with Amy and the doctor. I want to I want to counter that idea a little bit because I agree um, to an extent. Um, I I also only really like Amy and Rory as a pair. Um, I don't like when Amy seems to be pining for the doc, the doctor and that that's something that's so heavily focused on in season five is a thing that dings it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think season six. Amy is no longer pining for the doctor. I don't think that's not my read on her in that season, but I think the idea of it is still hanging over the story, Mm. whether that's because the question is being asked by others or it's just remaining unanswered until season seven. Um, It feels like that is also part of that push from the, like, again, a little bit of that BBC, the popularity, the popularity of Tumblr, like, 
well, we can't 100% say that that love triangle doesn't exist. So mm-hmm. just don't don't get too deep into it. But I don't feel like I feel like Moffat's really trying to write her that season as and like the other writers, too. I feel like as a showrunner, he's trying to guide that character away from that in season six already. I don't think that's as baked in as it is in season five, but I also think it's not clarified to leave that ambiguity. Um, See, the way I always read it was kind of like he found it to you're right. He's not as open as a showrunner, but the way it reads to me is that he just kind of finds it funny that Amy would be attracted to the doctor and kind of keeps, keeps that going. But your absolute your read could be also be absolutely right. This idea that the BBC wanted to keep it going and that he he was trying to push it away from it. I think there is something that is very accurate as a um uh a read on Davies and Moffat as showrunners. And um I think it's very much that Davies always wants to be a companion to the doctor. Like that's as a person and a showrunner, that's what he's writing. That's what he's creating. He's most interested in, he like as a kid watching doctor who wanted to be the companion to the doctor and Moffat as a kid wanted to be the doctor. Sure. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I think you get that very clearly from the way that, one of the reasons why it rubs up, why the Matt Smith era rubs me the wrong way often is because of this idea of this like this lonely god in a big blue box, um, this kind of like oncoming storm that will uh, that that uh, he treats the Doctor very godlike as far as the Eleventh Doctor goes. Um, whereas I don't think he does that with the Twelfth Doctor. I think the Twelfth Doctor kind of goes more back to like this tourist, um, this this right. tourist traveling tourist idea which i prefer to have the doctor in however Mm -hmm. much agency he might have in that or not it does feel like that's all just like again a snake eating its own tail reaction kind of thing to the oncoming storm stuff of david Tennant's era being built up it's like okay go bigger with that this is the idea at the time like doctor who became so much more popular more popular than it ever been in its entire life and it's like okay yeah so go bigger with it go bigger with it go crazy um Mm. Uh, I will spotlight one other episode in series five I quite like, which is Victory of the Daleks, because I really like the Churchill stuff. I just oh, do. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It's fun. The Churchill stuff is fun. I think that's yeah. a rather lovely side episode inside of uh, the Matt Smith era, but I, I would certainly like to move on to. No, I also uh, want to oh, highlight the I also want to highlight the Lodger, which I also think oh, is sure, a sure. fun episode. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, um, but yeah, let's move on. So. Before we get into season six, there is a Christmas special, and I will only mm-hmm. highlight it because for me personally, it is my favorite Christmas special. It is mine, um, too. Uh, I quite like a lot of them. This is the only one I will put on pretty much every Christmas. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. because for me, it is functionally its own Christmas film. Um, and that is Christmas Carol uh, with Michael Gambon. Um, and. I adore this story i think it is such a cool interpretation of uh the christmas carol storytelling i really love the use of i'm gonna find her name um but the uh abigail Catherine jenkins uh who who has this very beautiful voice um singing her way through the like there's a shark that swims through the sky i uh like I am, this is one of my favorite things Michael Gambon ever does in his career. This is, I think, one of the best 
ways Moffat ever writes uh, Smith's Doctor. Um, outside of the Eleventh Hour, I would I would argue this is my favorite way that he writes Smith's Doctor. Um, I think you get the right amount of the uh, emotionality and the fun that he brings to the Eleventh Doctor, both from Smith's performance, but also from what Moffat's writing. Uh, I I adore this Christmas special. I think it's exceptional. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, no, it, I, 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 so would, I would, I 100% agree. Um, uh, it, it, Christmas Story is one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, I love uh, most renditions of it in film. Um, and, and I think this is uh, Moffat on top form, just delivering uh, what ex- exactly what he wanted to do, which is what we talked about a lot when we were kids about this. Like, I wanted Christmas to be a part of the special, not just kind of a background thing. Mm. So it's mm-hmm. very much a Christmas story um, set within Doctor Who, and it—I uh, think he absolutely nails it. Uh, I, I'm 100% in agreement with Sparks. Yeah, um, he—I think this is—it has one of my favorite things about what the Doctor does with time, which is when Michael Gambon's uh, character is looking in the screen of his younger self in a video, and the Doctor shows up after he had just been there, and the Doctor's mm-hmm. like it's okay. You're going to catch up. And he's like, but that didn't happen. And then he turns dramatically and he's like, but it did. <laughs> it's like the <laughs> memories are forming in his head. And I, I love that. I love that kind of like rewriting this man's life storytelling and that you're seeing it at both sides uh, through it, I think is so clever and fun. Um, I just, I, I adore Christmas Carol. It's one of my favorite things in Dr. Who. Yeah. I do too. Um, season I didn't care for six. It. Are you are you just like are you messing oh, with us or are you being sincere? No, 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 I'm messing. With you. <laughs> God damn! God damn! <laughs> Season six uh, uh, is there's more I like in season six than there is in season five. So this is, yep. I agree with you. I I like I should agree with you more. I hate season six. Um, hates a strong word i don't mean that but like i dislike sure. so much of season six because of the river song of it all um yeah yeah pretty much Again, that goes back to like, like that goes back to like for me like the big ideas don't work for me yes and this is the the i think the the biggest idea fumble for me because and and to me i guess i find it the most egregious because like it doesn't just kneecap this season it kneecaps a bunch of storytelling before and after uh, this season yeah. of Doctor Who, and it's it's this handling of first off, it's that uh, we find out you know Rivers the the daughter of Amy and Rory, which I actually had no problem with. That's not the part that gets me personally. Um, I rather like the Melody Pond reveal to be River Song. I thought that was rather clever. Um, did but you did you know? And the person who gives her that that like the Melody Pond thing. I don't know if you went back to rewatch it, but it's um uh um uh. Lieutenant uh Lieutenant Nunian Singh from uh uh Strange New no. Worlds. No, I did not. I did not know that. Um, I I don't even noticed it. No, I haven't gone back since I watched Strange New Worlds. So um this is this is probably like the era of Doctor Who I'm least likely to ever revisit. Um sure. Uh uh yeah. Uh I I really personally don't like the River Song stuff here because um I never believe in the way that he writes it here and the way that he writes all of Smith. Um, so just focusing on the Smith era that that Smith's doctor ever actually loves river. 
which it yeah. feels like the story mm. on its surface level wants to tell me is true. But like, I never mm. believe it. It always feels like a gimmick to get out of something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, uh, Alexander Kingston, that's her name, right? I got that right. Um, Alex Kingston. Alex Kingston, Kingston. I believe is her name. Uh, uh, I, I think she's really great as River. I think she's a great actress, but I think it was such a misstep to show us that she not only could she regenerate, but we also saw the, all of the one regeneration that happens before she becomes River Song, who we know where she dies. So like, or, or like the River Song Kingston that we know. And so like you had all this opportunity to do all this storytelling in the future right. with the doctor and this woman who he's going to love. I'm like, even if you don't nail it here, it's okay because you have this, this wealth of opportunity with different actors to get the chemistry, to do all these things. And Moffat just like nips that in the bud and says, no, um, she pretty very quickly becomes Alex Kingston. And like, that means her timeline is limited. Uh, yeah. I thought that was so short-sighted and disappointing. Mm. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with you. I think I think yeah. this falls into kind of what we were discussing earlier, which is that Moffat's long arc things just don't land as well. Um, I like the opening of this season. Yeah. I like uh, the silence. I think the whole thing with the impossible astronaut was pretty cool. Yeah. I like the silence. I don't like the two episodes, though. That's fair. I... No, I'm, no, no, I, I, I enjoyed it. I like the, I like episodes. them. I like them as setup. I like them less when I know the answers to the questions. Right. Yeah. That might yeah. be no, what's no, no, happening. No. This is, is that, this is the yeah. thing is like, <laughs> as, as those two episodes, just the information you have in them as setup uh-huh. of a mystery. I quite like them. You're right. You, so, you know what? You're right. You're right. Because like, there's the whole thing of real quickly, Xander, just want to say like, there's the whole thing of like, we meet the doctor, we see him die. And then he comes back and he's like, wait, oh, this is a, this is a past version of the doctor. So then what did we just see? So like that, that's kind of interesting. Anyway, you were saying Xander. Yeah, no, no, no. And, and again, that's kind of where I'm coming from with this is that like as a season opener, I, I really enjoy it. I think it's a, a really fun setup to what, you know, you hope is a compelling mystery. Um, it doesn't land, but no. the, it, it's a strong start. Um, I think the doctor's wife, I, this, this, uh, series six, I, I really enjoy as well. I get, Oh, I the get doctor's so, wife, the Neil Gaiman episode. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I get so sad when I think about the fact that this brilliant episode about the TARDIS embodying a body and interacting with the doctor is embedded in this awful season. Um, <laughs> because I think this is truly one of the greatest I mean, episodes. I mean, look, it's the same thing as Vincent and the doctor. No, I don't think that season's as rife with problems as this one. Personally, I don't. Um, no, that's that's I fair. Think, I think probably Sparks. I might have because I I went back and rewatched a lot of these episodes. Like uh, the Curse of the Black Spot, I think is a lot of fun. Um, I think that that at the closing times fun. But thinking about what the s- overarching story is about uh, what this overarching story of um river song mm-hmm. as far as the i don't like the pandorica i don't think that's a good story i think the i think it's weird and whatever and fine and fine but i think i think the pandorica is fine 
But thinking back on it, I think River Song is bad. So I think I might have misspoke in saying that season five was my least favorite. And perhaps I was with you, Sparks, and season six is my fa- my least favorite. Well, here's here's my other thing about it is that like the Pandorica stuff really takes up the meat of two episodes in season mm-hmm. five. Like there's setup stuff, but like it's the two episodes at the end of the season. Yeah. Um this story around River Song and like where they're going with this whole death mystery, that's like five to six episodes of this season. It's almost half of this season mm-hmm. is steeped in this. And like, so, so the fact that like, and I like, again, I like the opening. Like if I'm thinking about it just as the opening, I remember being into it. I was excited. It was essentially yeah. setting up a murder mystery. Like how are we going to get the doctor out of this one? Because the doctor died, but who killed the doctor? Um, that kind of thing. That was super exciting. But when you know the answers to the questions, then all of those episodes fall flat on their face. And like, mm. That's about half the season that falls flat on its face, which is just so hard. And like this truly is like, I think the worst of what Moffat ends up doing as showrunner is, is, is shortchanging his own creation of River Song, who I think is a genius character to have created and a wonderful performance to have offered into the world of Doctor Who. We were so, so excited when she showed up and she knew the doctor and Tennant had no clue who she was. Like we thought that, oh my God, this is wild wild what what could this mean all these things and like you you figure out that she has to be very important uh to him ultimately learning that she has to be his wife um and i think all that's lovely but i don't believe the chemistry between smith and kingston it never works Mm -hmm. for me um even then i don't think it's written in a way for smith to seem like he's in love with her that never plays I believe she loves him because of how it's written, but I never believe mm-hmm. that the doctor loves her. And I do think that this is one of those things where like, I think Moffat comes full circle on this later and I won't get too deep into it until we really want talk about that episode. <clears throat> but I do fe- look at Capaldi's last episode with river as an apology mm-hmm. for this, because mm-hmm. I do think he writes river talking about the doctor in a way that I think Moffat recognizes is what he was writing when he was doing these episodes, which is a doctor who's not capable of loving river because he's, he's like this other kind of being. And I think that's who Moffat's writing here is like a being who can't love river. I, yeah, the, the Capaldi episode does so much heavy lifting for me in their relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, so much heavy lifting. Uh, the thing here is that we're coming off of a season that was flirting very strong with the idea of this like love triangle. Yes. That's such a good. And, and now we're going into, Mm -hmm. Oh, well here's river song who, you know, knows his name is important to him, has all this stuff from like uh, this, this setup that we, we had so much earlier in tenants. I mean, it's this, this kind of like, it's supposed to be this like very important, character in his life but she comes in at a time where the plot and story isn't really allowing another love interest into it and it's like i think what you said earlier has a lot of meaning here in that they're really pushing the popularity of doctor who into this kind of like space and they're trying to bring in this character that like comes from a different era of doctor who Mm-hmm. And is trying to bring into this like a really actual meaningful like relationship that's just not where 
as as a show as far as like its production is concerned um cares for it yeah and it i it, think oh. it's unfortunate it's unfortunate be- sorry it's unfortunate because so much of it is centered around her because it's supposed to be this big like thing and the the show wants you to feel like it's a big thing but it 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 falls flat because it it it's coming in at a time where none of the characters seem invested in her. Yeah. I think she's I think there's a lot of fun writing around the two of them that yeah. uh is that is compelling because Smith is the way Matt Smith just is the doctor is fun uh to kind of it, it's just constantly his that kind of dialogue that he's constantly given but when it comes to the the I, i'll push a little bit back on sparks's uh thing of like the story like the river song thing takes about five episodes you're right river is probably about five episodes but it's every episode every episode of this season is building to uh the wedding of river song every sure. episode is introducing an element of yes. that will be important um and that's really rough when you're watching because like i went back to watch like the the curse of the black spot which is a fun episode it's just a fun pirate episode uh of doctor who and then uh madam kavarian opens up a thing and it's like mm, yes amy is sleeping comfortably and like you're like oh right this this plot line is happening uh i forgot about that for a moment um and it, it's kind, it kind of like constantly wants to remind you hey remember this is the plot of the season now now that's not normally an issue in episodes like that because like we can go back to the you know season four of tenants run and you've got rose showing up on video screens trying to sure. talk to the doctor before she gets there and i'm like we we love that but that's because we love how that ends and so like i i hear your point when i said like it's five episodes i mean it's like five episodes are actually like fully about it yeah which is too many it's too many um the it's a really weird I'm looking at this like I'm looking at this thing and I'm just like the whole ending the whole episode the wedding of river song is a is a flat miss for me um when we're when it's just like this um there's one good there's one scene I really like in it though that I do want to highlight before I talk about how much how shit it is um which is when um Churchill and uh, the doctor are talking and the doctor's telling Churchill what's going on. And they, mm-hmm. and they're like, and the next scene, they're like in the, in a new place and the thing. And uh, um, the doctor's like, why are we in here? And Churchill's like, Oh, why do I have a revolver? Um, and like the doctor looks at his arm and he's got a, he's got a, a, yeah. a tick on his arm and he's like, Oh, Maybe I'll keep telling the story. And so, like, as the, we keep we keep getting back, like something has changed in the present that they they're forgetting because they're seeing the silence. Um, right. And it's a great. What what I really like is like, oh, there's only there's only four silence. Look at the other arm covered in ticks, and like, oh shit. Yeah. Um. I think that's a really good scene, but ultimately, the story doesn't it goes back to this thing of the sparks that you're talking about with like Moffat's storytelling going up its own ass um, where it, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It just flat doesn't work. Like uh, there's not really much more I can say other than 
for me, the whole episode doesn't work. And therefore the whole storyline with river doesn't work at all. Yes. I, I agree. Like it's very much in a place where I would still always feel like the decision to introduce regenerations for River song and then immediately get rid of them was stupid. But if I just believed the love story blooming, I would think the season worked. I just never do. It never gets there. And it's not on the actors. I don't blame either of them. It's not written in a way for me to believe it at this point in time. I just, I just don't. Um, And I think Xander brought up a good point that like so quickly. And as you, as we said earlier, like this season isn't clarifying that Amy doesn't have feelings for the doctor, but it's certainly not, you know, like uh, it's certainly like playing in the ambiguity of it and leaving that Mm -hmm. idea open and then says, no, he actually marries and, and ends up with her daughter. And it's like, oh, okay. How very Twilight um, of them. I was literally just saying, think of the same thing. <laughs> this is also this is also around the time, because there are a couple of episodes, including the, the doctor's wife, that I do want to spotlight just a little bit of conversation about. But one thing that I do want to bring up is this is where Moffat starts doing something I really don't like um him doing with the doctor and like for some it's a small thing but i think it's quite a large thing in in story context for doctor who that none of the other showrunners ever step on and even moffat himself i think tries to correct away from it um not like undoing it but like be better about it in the future um which is that he makes the doctor between episodes uh the 11 of this season the god complex and 12 closing time almost 200 years pass of the doctor being alone Mm-hmm. yes and i don't i can't um this this it goes so deeply against everything we know about the doctor that like he can't do that for that long um and like i can accept i can accept an amount of years but 200 was was massive and it's not the only time this is just like one of the most egregious ones but it's not the only time that like a large time it happens is, a lot is referenced mm-hmm. in moffat's run especially with smith of a lot of time passing that we're not seeing just to make him I... older I joke about this quite a lot, but it's it's true. Like, um, you know, for for a little bit into like Fourteenth Doctor, just tiny bit. Um, there, there's this all this talk about how it's been 15 years since Donna saw the Doctor. It's been almost a, it's been over a thousand years since the Doctor saw Donna, and right. that's because of this of this era of Moffat just constantly doing the same between episodes, having more and more time. Right. But even if it didn't do that amount of years, like a lot of stuff would have happened between then and there. And that should be plenty to feed us. Um, Even if like there's small gaps of time, like the doctor does like, yeah, the doctor did a couple years there uh, after Amy and Rory are gone and like, oh, sure. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I agree with you um, a lot. Sorry, I was looking at the I was trying to make sure that there was an episode in this season that I was. No, it's okay. I, I. I think this is something, man, there's such good stuff in Capaldi's. Uh, th- there's a better episode of Capaldi where he, <laughs> where he goes through a lot of time, but not really. But, but the point is, mm-hmm. but, but the point I want to make yeah. is like, even though he didn't actually go through that amount of time, I sense the, the weight of time having passed on the actor. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that's happening. And I'm, again, I don't want to blame Smith because I don't think it's in the writing. Like it's a throwaway line that it's been 200 years. It's not actually yeah. something that's changed him as a character. Um, I also think much to Xander's point earlier, um, this, this feels too soon to be doing a, I'm trying to run away from my death 
story uh, just after we did stuff with Tenant. It wasn't that oh. long ago. Oh, um, we'll get into it with the next season, but holy shit. Like, I'm uh, yeah. not well, into this. Like, well, like, and I think the next season and some of the Day of the Doctor, Time of the Doctor stuff would have worked better without that stuff being here. Right? Sure. Maybe. Maybe. Like, I, I think it's going back to that well way too quickly uh, and sequentially. Like, I, I think if we didn't do that here, then when we get to the next episode, it, it it, or the next season stuff. Like, I don't think it would be as egregious feeling. So, um, to jump, to jump a little bit into some of the, the other episodes, um, I do want to really quickly touch on, uh, a good man goes to war. Me too. Sure. Um, so I like how sparks thing is like the amount of years that pass is his kind of like, I don't vibe with this. I don't either. I hadn't even thought about it. I was like, yeah, I hated when that happened. Um, This year is kind of what becomes a core element of the doctor's character, this run. Um, And I, I don't like it. I never liked it. I, the, the whole, like, and I think it, it to me changes my perspective a little bit on even the first episode and that sucks because i loved the first episode and now it's like feeding all these things backwards towards it um where it's like look he says his name and an entire alien race runs away Mm -hmm. the whole pandorica is about him saying you know who i am come at me who wants to go first and they all run away. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, the later on you do get the no, I became too big, I'm too loud, I'm too, you know, it's like, yeah, and that's great that they were able to backpedal on that. But this episode, more than even those other two, cements it so hard for me that it's like Matt Smith's entire character isn't like the character that he is. Throughout the the run, it's it's cements that it's like this this other side of him, this like warmongering kind of like you know, um, guy that is difficult for me to accept in the arc of the Doctor because he goes through. It feels like he went through all this. Mm. You know, you get you get the War Doctor. You get you know the ninth who's dealing with like having just lost his race you deal with you know 10 who's really angry at all of it you know at at all the the things he's done and all the pain and all at war in general you know and then you get 11 who seems to relish in it mm-hmm. and it's like yeah but only know. but only half the time but only half the time yeah. so this is this goes back to what I was talking about. Like, I don't like how Moffat writes the Doctor specifically as like this this uh, this god. Um, there's there's a lot of like god complex happening with the way Moffat writes the Doctor. Not necessarily it's informing the Doctor's character, but just how how Moffat sees the Doctor in this era specifically. Uh, because, like I said, I don't actually don't think this happens in the next era um, when when he's looking at like the and a good man goes to war um everyone well sorry not just in a good man's goes to war but like it's just everyone loves the doctor 
everyone is in love with the doctor. Not everyone loves the doctor. Everyone is in love with the doctor. Um, mm. How could they not be? Uh, because he's the doctor. He's the most incredible man in the world. He's this God. Um, and mm. I don't like that. I don't, I, I rub up against, I rub up against that so hard. There's an element of like, is this bouncing off of the time Lord victorious stuff? Is this, is this mm. Moffat taking this, but it's not, explicitly handled in that way because again it's not informing the doctor as a character it's informing how the audience sees the doctor more than anything well and going back to the time thing and why that bothers me is looking directly at waters of mars there's an implication of what kind of person he'll be if he's alone for that long and and we get an episode in the season that's like yeah just did 200 years no big um and and like there is so deeply a through line of like this, this sense that the doctor should never go that long on their own. Yeah. Um, and that fly and that a lot of what happens here flies right in the face of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and it is specifically because it doesn't want to be in conversation, like with the exact elements we were talking about there with time Lord victorious or element or, yeah. or waters of Mars or, or this idea of becoming more mongering because of it, because it doesn't want to tell that story all the way. Mm hmm. It it leaves it less interesting. It's not, it's not giving us a thing that it's like but, kind of flirting with. It's and that's what I mean mm-hmm. is like one of the worst things about it is that Matt Smith is only like this half of the time, and the other half of the time he's the Doctor and Vincent and the Doctor and Christmas Carol, and that's the mm-hmm. Matt Smith Doctor I love. I love. Yeah, Matt Smith yeah and, and I mean, I, I think that's I think that's the Doctor most people remember. Yeah, you know the the thing here that you know I think gets me the most and look don't get me wrong there are are people on youtube there are people on on tiktok that have gone into depth about kind of like the overarching arc uh overarching arc um of the doctor as far as like his attitudes towards you know anger and and loss and everything and it's like yeah and that's great you know and it's definitely an interpretation but this the whole thing with him like this just feels so it it treats it i would be more okay with it like sparks said if it treated it as an extension of the waters of mars as the the timeless victorious it was really a sort of like through line of him getting to in his head about how great he is and instead it feels like it's not even treating it as a bad thing. It's treating it as like, look at me. I'm so cool. Yeah. I, I, there's this thing I can do. It's very, you know, it's the Mary Sue of it all. You know, it, it just, it, it, it never lands. Cause it feels like it's, it's not coming from a place of, wow, this is really dark. And, and it's, you know, he has to grapple with like, his ideas changing about like war and everything. No, it's just, yeah, I'm cool. I can just tell y'all to like back off. Cause I'll kill you. I'll kill your entire race. It's like, what? That's so like dark and just, just thrown out. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm the doctor. It's like, what, what do you mean? Right. It's kind of like the Hulk, right? Like you wouldn't like yeah. me when I'm angry. It's like, no, I want to see you be angry actually, because this is the comic. This is how fun this comic would be because the comic isn't interesting. If Bruce Banner just doesn't get angry. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention about a good man goes to war. It introduces Madame Vastra, Jenny and Strax. And I love those characters. Great characters. Love those three. I love those three so much. 
yeah, I'm so I'm so happy they were introduced in this season. I I adore them. I'm I, I'm glad they keep coming back. Yeah, but this is this this I think above all, even above the like love triangle, above the extra time. I think this is to me what n- knocks down Eleventh's run as like one I want to really like go back to and one I really want to like rank higher. Yeah. Let's move into season seven then, if that's okay with everyone else. I know you wanted to to touch on the oh, Doctor's just wife. real quick. Oh yeah, we should touch on the Doctor's wife. Yeah, the Doctor's wife is is incredible. Um, Artists realize as a character very very cool. Uh, couldn't couldn't be any cooler. Like one of the one of the greats, one of the great episodes. I also personally really like the girl who waited. Um where Amy gets the older version of herself uh, mm-hmm. that she has to deal with. I, I mm. thought that was quite a good um, time story inside of Doctor Who. I, I rather liked that one and its interrogation of like uh, the reversal of, of what Amy's been uh, uh, created into, like the girl who waited for the Doctor and like the girl who waited for the Doctor again. And, and I feel like that is very directly Amy getting to reclaim agency. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, the the doctor's wife. I do want. I I should also mention that like um. It was the first time that we got to see Ten's, uh, Tardis console, which led me to led me to wonder like, do they just keep that? I thought they broke. I thought they destroyed that. Um, let's just keep it in storage somewhere. Yeah, it's just yeah. in a different room. Yeah, they're all in different was- rooms. That was that was interesting where uh, like and the imagery of that, I think, got out in the trailer and everyone was like, what does that mean? Yeah, Um, it's a really good episode, though. Neil Gaiman wrote a really solid episode, and I wish I could say that about his next episode, but I don't much care for it myself. I think it's so funny because I I really like the other episode, too. Really? Um, I I didn't get a chance to 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 rewatch it. uh, So I just had my memory of the first time I saw it. Right. Which is where I'm coming from. So maybe on a rewatch. Uh, I, I like it more. This is where this is where uh, uh, the doctor gets the like cyber thing on his head, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I quite like that one. That that's where when he was cast in the Terminator film, I was like, I see the vision. Um, <laughs> that's funny. No, I rather I rather like Nightmare and Silver yeah. personally. But I should part of it, it. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Part of it. Part of it is where I feel Smith gets to play with that kind of the stuff we were alluding to. Um, the, the dark or sister. God, the second you start talking about the Cybermen. Real quick, just Matt Smith gets to play with his more sinister sides he can bring to the Doctor in a way that feels like it belongs in a story for right. once. Yes. And it's good. And I I like when it when he when he does. Like it it's it does build depth to the character, you know? It just uh. I, th- I think season seven is Smith's strongest season. Mm-hmm. Um there's epi- there's a lot of episodes I quite like. I don't the Doctor the Widow in the Wardrobe I think is is, is Moffat trying too hard to recapture what worked with the Christmas Carol. Um mm. so not crazy about that one myself. Um sure. But I I quite like Asylum of the Do- of the Daleks. A Dinosaurs on a Spaceship is fun. Um The Power That's of a chip 3. Power, I thought Power of 3 was the only Chibna one this season. No Dinosaurs on a Am I right? Yeah, Dinosaurs uh, yeah. on a Spaceship is Chibnall. 
Yep, Chris Chibnall. Yeah, that's a fun one that we're introduced to uh, uh, Rory's dad in that episode, which is uh, played yep. by. Um, oh yeah, God, Mark I love him. Oh, he's uh, so good. Yeah, um, the power of three is a, is a is a personal favorite of mine because it introduces Kate Stewart, uh, who I really love. Yeah, um, that's that's quite good too. That's also Moffat a good goal episode. Moffat oversees some really great stuff in in his time as showrunner there there are some there are some solid choices that are made but i really don't like the angels take manhattan that's okay see this is the angels episode where i agree i like i don't care for that one either i yeah, i like I, the only thing i like about it is the, um, oh no sparks i hate i hate to tell you this buddy but once again they have struck yeah yeah uh yeah, you yeah. don't hit the angels are kidding me the angels uh, uh what was it about you the thing that you don't that you liked about it you were talking about the, something that you liked about the episode i just like the way that they take out amy and rory i think that part of it is good see yeah i don't even care for that myself i this is go this goes back to the idea of moffat's kind of bigger ideas i don't really care for and this is this this i kind of lump into that category i don't get it I don't get why the doctor's like, I can never see you again. Well, if they leave Manhattan. The the angels are all gone. The angels, the statue, the statue of Liberty is gone, I guess. But like the, the, the angels are all gone. They can just leave Manhattan and doctor can pick them up like that. And at a different part of 1938, he, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. It, and even on a show of doctor who that is often silly. It, it kind of breaks my brain. I don't much care for thematically. I think it works to have like Amy and Rory kind of live out their life in the past and be together forever. That's all fine. But like story wise doesn't work for me at all. Mm-hmm. But the snowman's good. Snowman. Yes. Um, real, real the quick. beginning for one last thing for the angels take Manhattan. Yeah. Um, there's, there's definitely a little bit of a kind of like, Oh, to it. You know, it, it, it does feel like this. Yeah. Their, their story arcs are, are pretty much wrapped up by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, as even before that, you see that they're already traveling less with the doctor. Yeah, that's what the power of three is about. You know, yeah, and it's like, cool. It, I think there's, you know, this sort of like tragic end for all of his companions, at least in in New Who. Um, and the thing that got me about this one was that this end felt so like, oh well, some things have to happen to him because there's no way he wouldn't just leave them unless something happened yeah this goes you know this is also something that like the doctor does on 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 in the moffat era both both doctors in the moffat era Mm -hmm. they will go back they'll like drop them off and go back and that's never what the the doctor's never done that before and i don't mind that as like a it's like you want to just tell a story about the doctor just kind of constantly checking in with his with his friends and constantly traveling Mm -hmm. with them sparks to be fair the doctor does go back and see Martha in his season with Donna, and he would 
go back for Donna if Donna could remember him, I suspect. Well, that's true. That's probably true. It's just that I and I don't mind. Like I said, I don't mind it as a storytelling perspective, but it does kind of create this weird like, how do we write Amy and Rory out of this? Because mm-hmm. like if he's going to just come back, they can't just leave. Something has to happen that he can't see that he just can't see them ever again. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think I think the answer isn't satisfactory. I don't think it works. Um, yeah, no, me neither. But it's yeah, the whole episode's just kind of rough. Uh, I'm not crazy about it myself, but you know, I, yeah. I I liked Amy and Rory this season, which was which is kind of a shame because I had to say goodbye to them. But uh, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the snowmen which is the Christmas special that there's two Christmas specials this, this season. This is the longest season of Dr. Who and new who. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it, it spans two years, uh, three years actually. But if you count Dr. The widow and the wardrobe um, and this, 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 the, the asylum of the Daleks introduces us to Jenna Louise Coleman, but the snowman introduces us to Clara Oswald uh, yeah. or a version of her. Um, I really like the snowman. Actually, I think it's a really solid episode. I do yeah, too. no, I agree. Um, Richard E. Grant's in, in this one. Yes, Richard E. Grant's in a chunk here. Yeah, and Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen's the voice of the Great Intelligence. Yes, I remember that now. Oh, um, um, yeah, I, I, I quite like the back half of season seven. Um, yeah, yeah, I wish I, I wish I went back to see, to to watch more of it because uh, I do I do remember liking a lot of this. Um, I I remember not liking Clara a lot at the start. I liked Clara more at the start than I did at the end. And we'll get to that when we talk about Quality. Uh, right. Yeah. I liked her in the middle. I think that's the only place I liked her. Yeah. I I always like Clara. You said you told me she's your favorite companion. Yeah, I think so. I don't think she's yeah. the best companion, but I think she's my personal favorite. Mm. That's cool. Um, like from the like the the jump, you were like, "This is yes, I'm in love with you. You're great." I really like Jenna Coleman. I really like yeah. that what she brings to the table. I think Catherine Tate is lovely, um, and I think she is the best companion in in a story term. But like, same as the mm-hmm. Doctor, like a, a Jenna Coleman's my favorite actor. I think to play a companion. Yeah. Um, that's fair. I I I love what she's able to do with Clara. I think I think Clara gets better. I think Clara gets better writing and I'm not going to give Moffat the credit of saying like he knew where he was going with the character the entire time, but I think her arc works really well. And I find it Mm. enjoyable because like there's rarely ever a time I go back and I find myself pissed off at her for like, I mean like coming off the Amy and Rory stuff, like wanting to sleep with the doctor feeling possessive about the doctor, all this kind of stuff. Like, so um, to kind of finish up what I was saying, uh, <laughs> um, I didn't like her much at the start. Um, that does change. Um, probably not by the middle, but I think I want to say by the end of just part two of this season. Um, I think, I think a lot of it has to do that. I found myself enjoying their dynamic more than I was with Amy and Rory. Hmm. Um, sure. I like 
I like Amy and Rory a lot. I like Rory a lot. Um, it just, I think that there was, it was too muddled with like all the, all the stuff between them, all the like interconnected things that, you know, that first season, it, it felt like it, it, it was a nice kind of like redo, you know, like I think the changing companion really kind of like freshened up the end of his story. Sure. I will say though, Clara, ha- Clara, Clara fi- falls into the same problem that I was, I was just, it's, this isn't her fault. Uh, or the actor's fault or the writer's fault or anything. It's just the sense that the doctor, again, it goes back to like, everyone is in love with the doctor. And so is Clara. Mm -hmm. And like, that was, that was by that point, I was already really sick of it. So I don't blame Clara necessarily Mm -hmm. for that, for that Mm -hmm. storyline. I unfairly, I will say I unfairly projected a lot of uh, disinterest onto her because of that though. Right. So that, that did get me. Um, I my opinion of of her changes so much once Capaldi comes into the scene. Yes, yes, because um, that dynamic is no longer there. I will say, and I think this is still true even in the Smith era. Um, it's just the foundation of it. But I, I well, I won't give Moffat full credit for the whole arc. Um, I do think like Clara is a more honestly written and constructed companion for him because again, going back to that idea, like if Davies always wanted to be a companion and imbued that so much into his companions. Um, This is the time where Moffat as a person who I think always wanted to be the doctor imbued that into a companion. And while I will Mm -hmm. say like, that's, that's, that's a flaw of her character. I do think that that's a more honest storytelling perspective that Moffat's able to bring to it because that is Moffat's perspective. Right. Right. A companion that wants to be the doctor themselves. That's a good point. We get more of that in the, we get more of that during Capaldi's run than we do here though. Oh, of course, because she's in two whole seasons there and she's only in like right. six or yeah. seven episodes here. Yeah. Um, plus yeah. two specials. But I think but again, like as I said, I think that foundation starts here. Like it's not a romantic right. fascination with the doctor. It's a fascination with what the doctor can do and all the things that he can be. And learning that she from the jump is also unique and special. Um, mm. and can be many things, right? Because uh, it's one of it's this is one of my favorite episodes in the season, which is the Rings of Akaten, um, uh, where um, they they right. are singing, huh? No, I was just agreeing now that I remember the episode. <laughs> oh, got you. Sorry, I thought you wanted to jump in. Um, yeah, uh, uh the, the whole bit of um him the old god uh, uh that is they're trying to keep asleep with the singing and um it has one of my favorite speeches from smith where he's throwing everything he's all his hurt yep. and his pain at it um and then the the lovely bit about what he learns about clara and about uh the the leaf and its connection to her parents um that chance encounter because of the leaf and how he ties that to her i just i thought that was all I think that's all very sweet. Uh, th- that episode as a foundation for who Clara is works for me personally. Sure, I have a soft um, spot for that episode. There's two things I want to bring up real quickly um, in regards to not necessarily about Clara. I, I'm going to I'm going to step away from Clara for a moment um, uh, and say that there uh, 
there's a comic book that I really love, um, which is called the the Doctor and the Nurse, which is an which is a comic book episode, which is a comic book that I always wanted to do as an episode, which is just the Doctor and Rory, no Amy. Um, and I'm like, that's that's a story I want I would have loved to have seen. I loved Rory. I like Rory was great. Um, uh, but um, the Great Intelligence was really interesting because during Moffat's tenure, we see a lot of. Uh, classic who villains uh, come more start to pop up more the Solorians uh, in the last in the last season no two seasons ago sorry in uh, this season there we get the um, the ice warriors uh, mm-hmm. and ice warrior comes back and uh, and the great intelligence is a second doctor villain um, who uh, who come who the, the the snowman operates as a prequel to a second doctor story um, right. And and when he comes, he comes back, and I find that so fascinating. We talked about it in the first the the first episode we did, where we talked about uh, Davies and how differently. Uh, there's no right or wrong way to do it. I don't believe um, how differently each um, showrunner has used classic Who villains um, and mm. and what uh, in various ways. How we felt that Davies was very much like. I, I want to stay away as much as I can from classic who villains and where Moffat was like, I want to embrace them and kind of bring them into the modern day and still ma- and make them be like, these things are still scary. Um, right. Which I find interesting to see. Yeah. And I think in a, in a broad way, like I think Moffat's quite successful at that. I do too. I do too. Um, especially there's a Capaldi ice warrior episode, which I love. Um, Me too. Me too. I can't wait to get to. Um I like this season quite a lot, but I hate the ending. I don't like the name of the doctor and the time of the doctor. Um, specifically, again, that goes back to the big ideas that Moffat plays with don't work for me. And the whole idea of Trenzalore, 1000% doesn't work for me. Um, it's kind of like the culmination of everything he was doing with Smith. And it just falls flat for me. I, it just doesn't work for me at all thoughts um you said name of the doctor and time of the doctor yes Mm -hmm. so skipping over day of the doctor specifically i do like the day of the doctor okay i think it's Um, hard to dislike it i think it's uh, pretty easy but i'll get into some of my only my qualms with the day of the doctor it's it's a separate qualm i have than with those two i i have problems but i i overall don't dislike them um i i rather i rather liked the name of the doctor as a lead-in to day of the doctor um Mm -hmm. and learning what works for me um obviously it's it's a uh you know cover band-aid for not being able to get eccleston back at the time but um, the revelation of there's a version of the doctor. And this is something I do like. And I think Moffat does this quite well. Um, and it, it's built into Tennant and, and Davies era a little bit of the doctors have opinions about previous versions of themselves, both appreciation and, and dislike. Um, and the notion that there was a version that the doctor dislikes so much that they want to actively pretend they don't exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I rather liked that personally. I'll talk about that when we talk about Day of the Doctor. Um, specifically, I, I, I want to keep with with the name of the Doctor, though, mm-hmm. which which is um, 
So something of note here is we also meet River at, at the furthest point of her timeline, which is after the library, which was not something we'd seen before. Um, because she's she projects herself into Clara's mind, uh, thanks to Vastra. Um and I I I don't I don't much care for that because it kind of like caps off like Angels Take Manhattan is the last time the doctor sees River. It's not just the last time that the audience sees the sees River. It's the last time the doctor sees River before she goes off to the library and dies. Um, and uh, and and so like so we see River. The next time we see River is in this kind of is in this post the library moment, which I don't really care for. Um, I don't. The Whisper Men, I think, are kind of Moffat trying too hard to recreate the silence and the angels and 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 that sort of thing. So they don't really work for me on, on that level. Um, and having like the great intelligence there to do this thing of like, what's the oldest question in the universe? Doctor who It's like, that doesn't work for me either because like, I never really cared about that idea that he wants to play with anyway. Um, and I don't think he's handling it really well. Um, the going back through the, Clara going back through the timeline doesn't actually bother me except for one moment. Uh, one moment, which is, when she tells the first doctor to take the specific TARDIS, that bugs me because like, that's like specifically like, Oh, Clara is the reason why the doctors uses that TARDIS. I'm not crazy about that. I think that's too much. I think that's, I think that's Moffat doing too much with like making the doctor's whole timeline super important. And this kind of like idea of like this kind of like this companion is important because without this companion, there is no doctor. Um, uh, and I don't necessarily think maybe that's not the case. That's not what he's trying to do, but that's how the scene plays. Um, and it's a, it's the whole kind of like conceit of the episode doesn't really like work for me of like creating this idea of like, and I'll, I'll be honest, like creating this idea of, and this is the last statement that I'll say before I'll stop talking. Um, creating this statement of like, this is the doctor's resting place. This is where he dies is all fine. And I don't necessarily mind that, except when paired with time of the doctor, when we learn that it is Eleven's resting place. This is where Eleven dies in this great, mm. grand, glorious battle like that. It just felt like once again, like we're doing this running away from his death kind of thing that we already did in the last season. It just there's a lot of stuff in these two episodes that just don't work for me. Uh, I, I don't disagree about time of the doctor. I don't have a lot of. um things I would say about that where I, I, I felt like that was there's a lot of things I don't like about time of the doctor. Um, but as far as name of the doctor, um, I, I quite, I agree with you about the river thing. I kind of forgot about it because I think I, I've kind of pushed it out a window <laughs> to not think about it. Um, I don't, I, I also don't like that we get a, a river post the library thing, um, yeah. like this. I, I, uh, and, I, if you're gonna take River out of the library, take R- River out of the library and and make more stories. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, I I feel that way about it. But um, I I I like the the concept of like the 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 grave. My my, it's my entire timeline, and the gray intelligence steps into it. Um, I liked the uh, the the William Hartnell thing. Um, I thought it was cute. Well, and I'll be uh, to be fair, and like it's a lot been a long time, but my read was that 
it wasn't that she was the person who told him to take the TARDIS, but that the great intelligence was setting him up to take the wrong TARDIS. Because like the idea is that the great intelligence has slipped back in the timeline to change all of these moments in his life so that every victory is a failure. So taking the TARDIS that is meant to be his companion is like a victory. So she's undoing what the great intelligence is doing rather than like doing the thing that's always been true. That that's sure. that was my read, but I also haven't watched it in a long time. So I understand that there's just the, the last thing I want to say on that one specifically is that like it, it creates this like it, t- it goes away too much from the I just stole whatever TARDIS was unlocked and just started mm-hmm. running like that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes away from that for me. Um, but you know what? You could be absolutely right. That could be the read that's intended. I the, the way the scene plays out for me, I don't see it that way, but I, I do like your read. Um, what about you, Xander? What do you think about the, the name of the doctor? I don't got a lot of really good opinions or things to say on the. <laughs> I'm kind of the last, like the last two episodes, really of uh, of Twelve's run. Um, eleven, eleven. My bad. Um, it's getting late. <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> it just it doesn't feel like the wrap-up for his character. And I feel like part of it is because his character was kind of lost in the, like, like what I mentioned before with, uh, you know, Good Man Goes to War, the whole kind of, like, you know, I'm cool, but these are atrocities thing. Um... It, I don't know. It it just like I was really hoping that there would be I guess I guess what it was for me is that it felt like a letdown. Yeah. It just it felt like the 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 things that were were kind of like closed and set up and done were were done, but it it was kind of like just because they had to be, you know? Mm. Um <sighs> Yeah, I it, it it's it's unfortunate because I I did feel mostly disappointed by like a lot of it. Yeah. Um I think more so probably in the name of the doctor more than the time of the doctor. Um granted it the time of the doctor pulls into really my my most hated instance of uh oh so much time passes for the doctor. X X yeah. amount of time passes. Yeah. And I'm ah, it's just like they've done it so often. And that I think like if that had been the only time they did it, I would have been like, okay, this this feels like this works. This feels like it's this, you know, there's there's a little bit of congruity in here. But it it just felt like more of this like unresolved plot line of him just like running away really and it, yeah and there's there's a lot in time of the doctor also that i really don't like which which is just like the church of the silence it we're we're see we see their origin in this in this episode uh in the time of the doctor and that's really just kind of like what do we do what is what was it like really like yeah. it's such a throwaway nothing that i'm just like this doesn't oh. make any sense to me 
Yeah. Um, I will say though, Olga Olga Brady is the is the head of the church. She plays um a Romulan in Star Trek Picard season one and two, and she's gorgeous. And I was happy to see her in Doctor Who. <laughs> um, um let's pivot to Day of the Doctor real quick so that yeah. we, we kind of doctor out we into pivot. um yeah. the proper the yeah, mm-hmm. let's do it. Uh, the day of the doctor. Um, I like the day of the doctor. I don't love the day of the doctor though. I I, I think I probably love it, but it's been a while. Yeah. I have. I there's a lot of instances. There's a lot of moments in the day of the doctor I love. I don't know if that would mean I like the, the, the whole thing. Um, I do think the, the kind of like Gallifrey painting at the end didn't really do it for me. Um, but there's a lot of instances in it where I'm like, okay, no, I, I, I vibe with this. A lot of the interactions were great. I thought kind of like finally coming around to that idea of like multiple doctors together. Um, which uh, we saw in in the one Christmas special, um, you know, it just it, it it plays more with that, and I'm like, you know what, I I like this. I specifically like it's the it, it <laughs> it's the one instance that makes me kind of like feel a bit better about um, Eleven's. The, the the problem I've been mentioning this entire time, um, there's one instance that to me makes it feel a little more validated and a little more like congruent with the story, but it's too late. It is at the end of Isra, it's too late. Yeah. To to even start addressing it. But they they do for the single line where the war doctor asks how many children died on Gallifrey and tenant answers and Smith says he doesn't remember. And that, that to me, like finally plays a little bit into like his, his more, you know, his more playful nature, but also more of his, like that he's ignoring he's basically ignored this like tether that was keeping him from having these more like grandiose actions. And it's like, cool. There's one line that feels like maybe we could justify some stuff, but like, it's too late. It's one line. It's, you know, it doesn't really make up for everything, but it it, it is kind of, I want to say that the saving grace of that, that situation. I, for me, and I wanna I wanna get Sparks' thoughts on this one more specifically. Um for me as a concept, the war doctor on paper is a good idea, but in execution, I don't think works. Um it's it it, it to me un accidentally, and I, I don't think this is the intention, but for me it accidentally projects all of the time war stuff onto someone else. 
this is no longer something that I have to deal with. It's now something that you did. And I can, I can put all that onto you as a, you did that. You did that. Not me. You did that. And I don't, I don't love the execution of it. I do kind of like the idea of it, but as, as far as execution, I'm not crazy about it. Does that make any sense? Yes, I hear you. I just don't agree with it. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So my 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 take on um, that real quick, just to to because I know Sparks is gonna probably be a little bit more than I what I have to say. Um I don't mind it because of what we've already seen. I we have nine and ten say I did it. I'm the one that, you know, killed them all. I there's the personal responsibility is taken. I like the idea of the war doctor as like the attempt to say, Oh, I can't be the doctor if I'm going to do something this terrible. And it being more about having to drop that mantle and what that means to the character rather than I get to just blame him sparks um yeah i I mean i mostly was gonna say a similar thing of like i think the responsibility has been stated by by the previous iterations and by 11 himself that i don't feel like it's them washing like hand-wringing themselves of like this is not on me this is on the war doctor i think i find it interesting like i think that you would you could have done the exact same thing and had it be the ninth doctor in his place and like that wouldn't necessarily absolve them of the the responsibility mm. um for it mm. it would just be like you're the person that did it and like there's there's a way of like again getting back to that the doctors having opinions about their previous iterations like regardless of if it might have been the only decision from their perspective at the time <clears throat> he's the one who did it and like having to live with both like that's a version of yourself, but also there's a specific face you can look at and be like, that's the one mm. that guy, um, that guy's not like the rest of us because I, because of what he had to go through. And like he's born in and dies in war uh, and like more than any other doctor. And I think like that kind of separation, I think, is a is is a good idea. And and I think they considering that we all know it's a it's a very thin um decision in lieu of not having Eccleston to play the part. Um I, I think it's a good choice. I am going to mask off because there's a very specific reason why I don't like the War Doctor. And it is superficial. And I do mm-hmm. have legitimate like non-superficial reasons why I don't like the War Doctor that I have that I have said that I have stated many times. But over all of them here it comes. It should have been the eighth doctor. It 1000% should have been Paul McGann. It never, Chris Augustine should never have been in the conversation for the war doctor. It should have been the eighth doctor. There is no reason why the eighth doctor is not the war doctor. Other than we felt we didn't feel like it. Um, Russell T Davies always stated that the eighth doctor was meant to be the war doctor. He was the one who used the moment. There's a comic about it. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. 
that's the mask off. That's the that's the superficial. Mm. That is my one thousand percent reason for why the War Doctor doesn't work for me. There are, I like I said, that's the illegitimate. Doesn't matter. It's stupid. It's what. It's the hill I will die on for the rest of my life. It's um, it's your Paul McGann agenda. It's my Paul McGann agenda. Um, but it that the, there it is. Now again, that is not to that is not to say that the that the opinion I express the the non superficial opinion I express is not how I feel. It is. But mm-hmm. my my. But that is the that is the reason overall that I just cannot get over the War Doctor. Davies also has said that the woman in the end of time was meant to be the doctor's mother. But like, yes, what does that even what does that even mean in this oh. new age of timeless children? So like so we will get into <laughs> we will get into uh, the doctor's uh, Moffat changing the doctor's um, uh, status uh, from uh, being from a wealthy family to being from a poor family uh, in, in when he goes back to Gallifrey in the next in the next era. Uh, which I find interesting, um, but I, I, yeah, go ahead, Xander. Sorry. Um, was that was that like, hmm, was that hmm. whole thing from from Davis like stated that it was like supposed to be his mother, or was There's it left a- open? Like, was that more like? So he has this. He has this like specific comment where he says like. Uh, Obviously, a lot of people have a lot of wonderful theories out there that I think are there and great and everything. And he's like, and I, I prefer it be open ended. And he has like this long sentence where he acknowledges all the theories that he thinks are wonderful about it and all this stuff. And he's like, and I really think it should stay open ended. But also, I think it's very clear that it's intended to be the doctor's mother. <laughs> like, that's how he also ends the sentence. And it's like, OK, so so like you prefer uh, for yeah. everyone to think whatever they want to think. But in your opinion, that is the doctor's mother. <laughs> Right. I mean, okay. it could be it could be the person that they give the doctor to after they wipe his mind. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. Uh, I mean, become the first doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we know he had a childhood. He has a childhood that he remembers on Gallifrey. So he yeah, yeah. he was regenerated right, right. as a child. And uh, I'm guessing my, my, I'm guessing this is a this is all thirteen stuff. Yeah, the timeless uh, children thing is. We'll yes. get there. Mm. We'll get there, Xander. Um, my only point being, like, Davies can say whatever you know, like stuff that doesn't make it. Like whatever shows up in the in the show, that's like you know that becomes hard. Camp. Oh, absolutely. Like, and I'm just as much as anything yeah. else. I'm not just. We don't need to to, to belabor the thought. You love Paul McGann. I think that's perfectly legitimate. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I just as I said earlier, I would have no problems with them treating Eccleston the same way they treat the War Doctor. I would also have zero problems with them treating Paul McGann the same way they treat the war doctor as like yeah. you are the person that 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 did it though like uh, you know but but my only um rebuttal to that is i do find it um a very relatable idea that like obviously we don't all have regenerations but we do have like these eras of ourselves that we can recognize where like we were a certain type of person and i can very much empathize with it looking at one version and going like i'd rather not talk about or acknowledge that that version of me ever existed (laughs) now but my last thing i will say about the paul mcgann thing is is that like we don't they don't acknowledge paul mcgann anyway like not really uh there'd be an image or something but like uh it would be kind of interesting to see that like this was the doctor that like the the we where we saw him because like part of it is like i i believe it would be stronger if it was a doctor that we had met before um that we're like oh shit we're now seeing them in a completely different light and like paul mcgann fits that bill for me anyway um 
rather than just introducing a new doctor of like, oh, you never knew this was, you never knew about this one, but this is the one. Uh, again, I, I on paper, I, the concept of the war doctor is good and fine, and I have really no problems with it. But in execution, I'm not crazy about it. I but, think I think there's also an amount of again going back to the popularity of the time and no one thinking that Paul McGann is very popular unless you really like that movie or you listen to the radio shows but like in, in general suspecting that the wider audience doesn't is is not going to give a shit. Like this is again like coming at that time where like most American audiences and around the world are catching up on Doctor Who and didn't watch that movie. Don't really know who Paul McGann is and certainly they can learn the internet exists but like his 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 appearance is it going to excite people? The idea of someone like, you never even knew this guy existed. Everyone goes, oh, what? <laughs> like, and, you know, I, I think that I think probably that was the intention of the time. But like, I think we've probably learned because of the popularity of the Night of the Doctor short, which I love. It came out before this uh, anniversary special. Um, it has Paul McGain. That's Paul McGain's regeneration episode, which we never saw before. That became so popular. There was a rallying cry to create a spinoff of Paul McGain. Um, a tv series um i think probably that mentality is not the case anymore but surely at the time when yes. this was being when when the day this of the is... doctors being filmed that was certainly the, 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 the mentality Yes, I'm not speaking from a fan perspective. I'm speaking from the BBC perspective, where right, they 100%. go, nobody really cares about Paul McGann, um, which isn't true. Mm -hmm. um, and and like obviously they they've kind of recognized that the classic doctors hold a special place for everybody. Um, uh, even if they haven't engaged that much with all that history. Um, and I think that they've, the, you can see even into the Capaldi era, how there's kind of a shift in the thinking on, on that. But I mm -hmm. think that the, also part of what happens here is that we're rubbing up against like this being a, a, a story, a good story to tell. And this is also a 50th anniversary special. And like sure. there are things that they are choosing to do because they are doing it because it is the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. And I think that's the same uh, with the William Hartnell moment we were talking about earlier. I kind of go, cool, take your little moment with that because, you know, it's the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who when that airs. Um, okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Finish with that. Uh, so, so I think that like because those things are in conversation with each other, that's why you get so much of this. Um, would it have been Paul McGann? Well, they kind of want it to be Eccleston because they want to celebrate this era of Doctor Who initially, right? And like, it's all about making the most of of this big thing that they want it to be, which I think as a anniversary special, it's quite successful. Yeah. Sander. Uh, do we want to move to thoughts overall on on 12 on, on the run? Yeah, sure. Well, um, or on 11. I want to say I want to say some quick some quick things about the 50th that I do like um, sure. and then I'll be done, um, which is one. I think the Zygon plot line is incredible. Um, yes. I love the Zygon plot line in the 50th. Um, it, it comes back in the Capaldi era. So I'll talk more about that mm -hmm. then, um, yeah. because I, I, I do really like that. Um, the the stuff with the curator makes me hate the stuff on Trenzalore more. I love the curator idea of, of the doctor kind of regenerating into these past faces of himself and growing older um in his retirement um and if the doctor knew that he could do that why was he scared to die on Trenzalore? that doesn't make a lot of sense to me um mm. and uh, that, that i fully agree with like the whole uh, time of the doctor handling of the Trenzalore stuff really doesn't work for me yeah um 
I think David Tennant and Matt Smith have incredible chemistry. They're really fun to work. They're really fun mm-hmm. to watch together. Yep. Um, I I love all the banter, the written banter stuff. It's very funny. It's very good. Um, uh, that's pretty much it, except for one last thing, um, which I forgot to mention about the snowmen. Uh, it introduces my favorite TARDIS design. Mm, sure. Which which is uh, Smith's second TARDIS design. I think it's incredible. It carries over. It gets better in Capaldi's era. So I'll talk about it more then. But uh, I love it. Anyway, yes, I think pretty much that 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 covers everything I I really wanted to say about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So final uh, thoughts. I think I think Day of the Doctor is lovely. Um, I think it's again as a 50th anniversary special, it's it, it really works. Um, genuinely i kind of sit back and look back on it a little befuddled that it's not just the end of smith's time as well mm-hmm. it's it's a little odd that we go from that into a but also here's smith's regeneration special and i feel like that only comes from a place of feeling like they have to give him his own moment just like tenant gets his um yeah and i just the more i think about it and look back on it i'm like i think it would have been more powerful if smith's story ends at the end of day of the doctor for what, for whatever reason that you come up with that, it forces a regeneration. I understand that we're already seeing a regeneration in that because we see the war doctor into the ninth, but um, I, I just don't think time of the doctor adds anything for me um, really. Uh, and it's such a bummer because yeah. I think Smith's, I think Smith has some wonderful, lovely lines on his way out the door. Um, and I think that his run is unfortunately yeah, his, marred his by last, so his much. last monologue is very good. I think his run is marred so much by such mishandled writing, but he's so charismatic and lovely as the doctor that I feel like he's done a disservice that the day of the doctor 50th anniversary special is really his best last showing. And I don't think time of the doctor does him the service that they wanted it to. Um, by focusing only on him. I don't really think it does that uh, in a, yeah. in a nice way. Um, and, and that, that also kind of sums up my, my thoughts on what's happened with Smith. And I think Smith is, is, is brilliant. I think that he's quite um, a, appealing. I think he is a doctor kind of crafted, at least in his early seasons for engaging with children and bringing uh, uh, everyone to the table for doctor who. And I think in a, in a, sh- I won't even say in a better showrun, uh, se- you know, set of seasons and stories, but um, one where the pressure of the phenomenon that Doctor mm-hmm. Who was mm-hmm. as he stepped into the role uh, hadn't been thrust upon him and Moffat, I I think he would have his run would thrive much better, um, not having to meet every demand of what the weight of doctor who was throughout the entire time he was the doctor, because I don't think anybody had as much pressure on them as the doctor as him in the new age. Uh, He enters with it and he exits with it. It is always heavy duty pressure on him to nail it. Uh, Xander, I want you to go next. Yeah. Um, I've got some complicated thoughts on, on uh, Matt Smith's run. Um, he has so many good episodes. I feel like he really, really, really shines in the like small, more like controlled stories, the like single one-off episodes, the two-parters, 
Um, I feel like he brings a lot to the character that wasn't really there. You know, it it I think the 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 fact that it, it does seem like a little more high energy, a little bit more silly, you know. Um it it hurts me that that wasn't his his entire character, you know. Um and that's that's not particularly his fault as a doctor. Um again, there was a lot of pressure. He was coming off of uh you know uh David Tennant, which by that point, everybody recognized as the doctor, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not even a thing where you're looking back. It's a thing where in the moment, you know, people were just like, okay, well, who's going to follow that up, you know? And then the pressure of following that up, the pressure of having a completely new team doing everything, the, the international stuff, the, the phenomenon, it he had so much working against him and even with that i think he pulled off a really like a really solid run you know i think i think my own you know grievances with the character itself and some of its like plot lines and some of its like overarching um arcs that aside, I it's still strong, you know. Like I can't go in there and be like, "Oh yeah, because of this, this, and this, this season's not worth it," or you know, it's like my my problems with it are, "Oh, I didn't really vibe with this," or "I didn't particularly care for this." Not, no, this was awful. Shouldn't have been in here. Was a was a travesty. This this episode had no value. Um. Yeah, you know, I mean, even all the river stuff, like, it it feels bogged down because it's like you're disconnected with this character you're getting to know. Yeah. You know? And then it's difficult that, like, I don't... Th- he had so much stacked against him. And, and I think he pulled off a character that is, like, still very memorable. Mm-hmm. Like... There are a lot of people who Matt Smith is their favorite doctor, you know? And I can't look at that and be like, no, I don't really see it. It's like, no, yeah, I get it. I could see why he's he's your favorite, you know? Um, it's weird to kind of wrap up with that sentiment because I do feel I've been kind of harsh on on not just his character, but like I think the his run in general as we've been going through this. Um but a lot of that does come from a place of like really loving the show and like hoping to have seen more, you know, hoping to have seen something better. If, if I may just to that, I think that two things happen um, in relation to what you're saying, which is that Matt Smith is very good at doctor, even when the material isn't. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the other part of it is that there's so much potential on the table at this time. And I think it's very clear when it misses the mark of what it's capable of. Uh, and, and I think that was just very obvious to us. One other thing that we didn't really mention that I just want to, I, I know Brandon um, would, would say the same. And so would you Xander, I suspect um, Murray gold is in his shit this season in making the score. Um, 
like yeah. uh, musically uh this is some of the best stuff in doctor who is in is in this run in these seasons yeah uh it just is <laughs> smith has my favorite doctor theme that's so good yeah, yeah it's it's, it's solid yeah um, um but yeah just to to kind of like i guess i guess wrap up the the whole thing for me um smith is is a good doctor he's a good doctor that is just bogged down by i think in essence underutilizing him yeah in in yeah. the ways that he he could have been sure and i said a lot of great things about Smith, but ultimately the thing I've been waiting to say is he never really worked for me as the doctor. Um, not in the way that I wish he did. Uh, and I'm not, he's not the first doctor I'm going to say that about either, which is a hint for the next time we talk about this. Um, uh, I think that Smith has a lot of good episodes and it's not his fault. Uh, I think he's good as the doctor. I think he he's very fun. Uh, he's clearly got a great idea for what he wants his doctor to be. But as a as a written version of the character, it doesn't work for me because of what Moffat is trying to do with the character, which is constantly making him this into this godlike warmongering character that I just yeah. it's just not who I want the doctor to be. Right. Um, and and I don't so and so much of the practically every major no not practically every season long arc doesn't work for me mm -hmm. at all um river is a it, it, river is a huge mistake in my head of just just constantly like thinking about this and being like wow how could you how could you blunder that so badly mm -hmm. um the trends of lore stuff the pandorica like none of it works for me none of it works for me um and i wish it did i really wish it did and, and because like then i would look at matt smith a lot more favorably and again not to say that i dislike him he just doesn't connect with me the way i wish he did mm -hmm. um and that 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 that's fine i do like his final his final like speech at the end of the time of the doctor i think it's good i think it's a good one but ultimately like um I, yeah, I can't say it's the weakest error for me, unfortunately. Um, but it, it is, it is the one that I, that I, that I, I, I wish I liked more. Um, the last thing I'll say about that is, uh, on his way out, he worked for me. Um, mm. he started to work for me a lot more. Like he had the TARDIS design. I like, I like his suit. I like his, his, um, outfit better, uh, towards the end of his run. Sure. Mm -hmm. But, um, it, by then it was too late i i didn't like uh we didn't talk much about outfits but i did not like the once we abandoned the the fifth season outfit what we got in the sixth season like i really liked what he picked out in the fifth season and i don't think his outfits got good again until as you said in, in the seventh i like the vest with the long coat and the i like that i like his season seven his, his season seven b outfit yeah 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 um all right That'll do it. That'll do her. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us on uh, on on this. The next time you see us, we'll talk about uh, uh, Peter Capaldi and Jodie Whittaker, um, which will be a, a very fun episode. So stay tuned. Um, 
So that'll do it, guys. Uh, this is Fake Nerds Watch. There's plenty more Fake Nerds Watches for you guys to check out. Uh, go to fakenerdpodcast.com uh, to, to find links to everything. Uh, make sure make sure to like this video, subscribe to this channel, click the bell icon to get notif- notified whenever we put up episodes. We're putting up a lot of episodes right now, so stay tuned for those. Um, again, go to fakenerdpodcast.com to see the list of all the episodes that we, of all the shows that we put out, of all the episodes that we put out, all the links that you can find in there. That's all there. And if you want to support us financially, check us out uh, uh, T Public and Patreon, which are linked below, and on our website at FictorPodcast.com. Once again, um, yeah, okay. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fictor Podcast. Um, FictorGuys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter, where you can also find me writing for AtomicGeekdom.com. Uh, Sparks, where can people find you? Um, you can find me eagerly anticipating talking about. Two wonderful performers as a doctor on our next outing at Sparks Witty on Instagram, Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. And Xander. You can find me in the eternity between blinks. Mm. <laughs> also, at Jack in the Box on Twitch. Uh, all right, guys. Um, so that'll that'll do her. Um, stay tuned for plenty more stuff. Uh, like this video, subscribe to this channel. Uh, subscribe on all the podcasters of choice, rate and review it. And until next time we see us, guys. Stay fake, nerds.